Welcome to Board Game Box Office, Tablenauts podcast about board games, movies, and all the space in between. And horror! Today I'm joined by Kenny, Doolin, and Kyle. It's time to rank, review, and draft the horror movies that we watched throughout the month of October. But before we get into that, let's talk about the games that we've been playing lately. Kyle, what you been playing? Well, let's not blow this, guys. We've had a great inaugural horror month. This is the last one. That's true. We can't <laughs> blow it. How do you feel about us dedicating an entire month to horror? I think it's great. Me too. I think it's going to... I mean, God willing, the podcast continues for years, right? And uh-huh. we remain yeah. friends and yeah. not hate each other, you know? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I would Which love to do you do think this. will end first, our friendships or the podcast? <laughs> we'll definitely maintain the podcast past our friendships. I mean, yeah. that's already begun with Josh. Uh, <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys ever heard of the, the yard game Can Jam? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I saw a thing on Instagram where two older gentlemen like in their okay. 50s or 60s <laughs> are on a can jam team and they despise each other okay to clarify the- that's very fake kyle that's no, not true no it's real let me believe it <laughs> you are the worst person ever on po- like you're just like you always pull but the curtain behind let me talk about this <laughs> it was the funniest <laughs> thing i had seen all week you gotta say yes and well, you know, sometimes I'm not an improv guy. I'm trying to be here for the people. I don't want the people getting all excited and then us like making them sad that that's well, not true. Anyway, I was kind of oh, like, like you just did with Kyle. <laughs> Come on. I was hoping we'd be like the can jam guys where we all hate each other, but the show hey, must wait, go hey, on. Run Make it back, sure none run of it us uh, talk about Santa Claus because uh, then Max will be like, he's not real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. When we get to Christmas month, it's going to be real bad. <laughs> Max would be like, ho, it's ho, unrealistic ho. that ill found Santa in New York's park. I mean, that's true. <laughs> Stop it, Patrick. You're scaring him. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. That's for me and you, Max, only. I know, only us. <laughs> but it's still worth it. It doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> that didn't bother me at all. Um, Kyle, do you want to talk about Can Jam? Can Jam? Is, I'll, is I'll talk the, about Can Jam. Is that the Can board Jam game that you picked? Yeah, I've just been playing a shit ton of Can Jam recently. <laughs> we we've uh, fallen that far from board games that we. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Can Jam Box Office. <laughs> I told Doolin that he and I should start playing pickleball. Oh, I pickleball want to get into it so, so bad. Fun. It's I would so love fun. to play pickleball, dude. That sounds awesome. It's a workout, just, too, especially if you play singles. Doubles a little bit less, so, but if you play yeah, singles, man, well, you get some running. I don't think Doolin and I have enough friends around here to play doubles anyway, so it's just going to be singles. It's going to be like us and the Can Jam people. We're just going to be like, <laughs> you, <laughs> you idiot, <laughs> hitting it back and forth. Just We hate each other. See, the problem with me uh, not jumping right into the game is the transition is terrible. I never know how to go into uh, what I've actually been playing this week. We should have scripted out a Can Jam Cloud Spire transition. Uh, oh, Kenny made me. I nobody can see this because this is a podcast. Kenny made me these spires <laughs> for Cloud Spire. They look like Can Jam cans. That's true. Flip it upside down. You got yourself a miniature Can Jam. <laughs> I guess in the same way that a cylinder is just <laughs> like a cylinder. <laughs> they're, they're both cylinders with slots. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because like those those things are designed to hold the the chips. Just like, so it's just yeah. can jam. It's basically can jam. 
drinking my water from. I have can jam too. <laughs> oh my god, how many minutes are we into this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Only like five. Okay. We're probably gonna cut all this, so No, we might. Just That's Kenny's oh, discretion. You, you can't cut all of it. I wouldn't uh, cut any I'll, of it. I'll probably just cut Doolin. Wow. <laughs> Take what Doolin and turn him into Jash. Doolin's voice track is just gone. Like, nothing else changes. Yeah. We, we, when there's just silences. Be? If we took two and a half hours out of somebody's life, and then we just cut their audio out of the podcast. <sighs> Dude, we might have to do that if one of you all get canceled eventually. That's just out of all the podcasts. Just remove all yeah. of Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was- that's Jash that's most likely to be canceled, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah but that's in Japan. <laughs> I agree. All right, we got to talk about games at some point. I'm going to move on. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I finally got to play the Chip Theory game, Cloudspire. Big, grandiose game. It's a MOBA-style tower defense game, which I never really played any of the video games that are like that. I know they're, like, popular on phones and stuff like that. I never played those. Um, <laughs> phones? What? what? Aren't they? That's not right. Aren't That's they? Not right, what? What? <laughs> what popular tower defense game have you played on a phone? Okay, Dwan, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't name one tower defense game. <laughs> I not even like Bloons Tower Defense. Okay. <laughs> to be honest with you all, you know those games where it's like the, the microtransactions and like you have those like armies up and you're always just like. I, my boss plays them all the time. I thought those were like tower defense games. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about video games. I don't but know what you're talking about. I do know Cloudspire is like those based on common transitions. And yeah, I think we should actually clarify for some people say, well, actually, there's actually a lot of tower defense games on iPhone, but there's no mobile games of like no. Uh, well, there are iPhone. now like League really? of Legends is on iPhone now. Oh, you can okay. play League. Yeah. But huh. like it certainly is not where the format so, yeah. was popularized. Well, so, so maybe I misspoke with not uh with MOBA. I just well, know it as like a tower defense. Yeah. Well there was that one that came out when you were born. It was like uh Space Invaders, I think, for Atari, right? Yeah. yeah. Space Invaders <laughs> He got that for his tenth uh, was prior to me. <laughs> That's more of a Kenny thing, I think. Oh, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's throwing Kenny under the bus. The old's got to stick together, man. <laughs> I, do, I do remember playing Atari. Uh, Space Invaders, my dad's Atari. I, so. my, my grandparents yeah. did have Atari as well, so when I stayed there, I would also play it. <laughs> Your grandparents had Atari. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure it was my father's, but, you know. Uh, yeah, so Cloudspire. <laughs> big, big game. <laughs> uh, Is this the third or fourth time that we've tried to start talking yeah, about Cloudspire? I don't even, even want to be here anymore. Can you just explain <laughs> the rules to Can Jam, please? Yeah, so what you do is you throw the frisbee and then your partner tries to knock it into the trash can. And if you Sick. do, you get two That's points. True. Only two? I think, wait. Uh, it's three you, if you knock it, it into Oh, the... no, it's three if you knock it in, two wow. if you touch it, one if you tap into it. And then in wow. the middle of wins to win. I didn't think we'd the actually. First, the first rule you tried to explain was wrong. I'm really discombobulated because Cloud or Cloudspire is a pretty complex game. And I keep trying to get like into Can-Jam it. Is. And we get and we get picked. It gets picked apart. Good job, no, okay. Kyle. The picture that you shared it looked really interesting. It gave me HeroScape vibes, and it made me really yes. play. So I, I let me get to that picture in a minute. Uh, first, just to explain Cloudspire to very for the audio level, listeners is. You are, you have a, a group of, you have a faction and you have like a group of chips. Uh, some of them are heroes, some of them are minions. And then you have spires that you can build like towers that can, that are stationary and they can shoot at the opposing player. 
the game is pretty mechanical at the start because there are a lot of different phases, uh, a lot of different things you have to do in a round. And it's, I mean, honestly, like when I was, when we were playing, like, I was just like, okay, now I got to do this step and now I got to do this step and now I got to do this step, which is kind of a turnoff for me usually, but it was nice to, uh, because the game does have a lot of rules to like have that in the back to be like, okay, yeah, I know how to do this step and I know how to do this step. You're, you're trying to destroy the other person's fortress. So their fortress on the other side of the map. They're coming after you. You're going after them. And I mentioned that you have minions and you have heroes. Your minions are almost like on autopilot. So you pick which minions you want to put out there, but their movement is completely dictated by this like AI movement uh, style where they have to remain on a path. So there's different type of terrains. They have to remain on the most basic path and they're always moving as much as they can. And they're always moving towards the fortress. So you really have very little say in what your minions do. The hero is where you have a little bit more agency um, and you can move them uh, however you would like. You don't have to use their full movement. They can usually have some terrain allowance so they can move on mountains or forests or something if they're allowed. Uh, and that's where a lot of the decision comes because like, you know where your minions are going to go and your heroes is up to you. So you're really just, it's kind of like chess, like where you're trying to position everything just right. Um and like reading the rules, like I was kind of like turned off at first by the minions thing. I'm like, oh wait, so this just kind of runs on autopilot. Like you program them and then they just go. But once you started playing, it, it became so much more tactical and strategic than that. Uh, it you really started to question like how you put out your minions, um, what order they came out in. Um, and then there were some type of decision spaces eventually with the minions because they just have to move their full movement. And as long as they make progress, that's fine. So like you could ultimately have two or three different paths they can go down and you get to pick the final outcome of that. So that was pretty cool. Um, the th other thing with Cloudspire is every chip, much like uh, Too Many Bones, is every chip has like a lot of keywords associated with them. Um, and that's really where the game bogged down for us. It was just like, oh, what does that do? Oh, yours is flying. What does flying mean? Oh, you have uh, friendly fire, all these, just like a whole cavalcade of keywords. And we were constantly having to look at them. Um, and so my first thought on Cloudspire is, I think it's impossible to have a good first game of Cloudspire. You're not, and I, as somebody who has always said, first impressions matter, I was kind of like, oh no, this could really be a turnoff for a lot of people. Um, I think it's going to be a great game though, but you have to put in the time. You have to invest time into playing it. And it is a big, big game to do that. So do you think you will? Uh, I do because so my normal Monday group is usually four players and this is more of a two player game, but two of the guys have to travel for work quite a bit. So we've like started to notice uh, or not started to notice, but like I think there's just going to be more two player Mondays like every five or six weeks. And me and my friend Mario have already decided like, hey, when it's just us two, let's just play Cloudspire. So I think we will get to dive into it. It won't be something like where we're playing like every two to three weeks, but I could see us playing like once every two months or so um and once we get get that down uh get the keywords down get the factions down i think we can probably knock out a game in about 90 minutes which will be awesome uh before anybody else asks like Dolan, you had mentioned like i sent the picture to you guys in the discord and the table presence is i do think this is the most the best table presence game i've ever seen i think it's the best production uh the coolest art uh, combined with the the Spires Kenny 3D printed me, it just has like so much pizzazz to it. It looks, it's just so cool to like have on the table and see and like mess with. 
I honestly think if this game came out for Rio Grande or even like Stonemaier, it would I would not have as much favor to it as I do that it's put out from Chip Theory Games. I think it being a Chip Theory game automatically puts it up two points for me. Sure. Yeah, this has been a game that I've I'd like to play. I've wanted to play it for a long time. I've considered purchasing it on multiple occasions, but we all know how bad of an idea that would have been, and I was smart enough to not do it. But like Cloud Spire really appeals to me. I mean, I've never played it. I, I mean, it, it makes me want to play it. Um, on the outside looking in, it seems like a fantastic game, just not a game that I would be able to commit enough to and play enough to make it worthwhile. Um, but I'm hopeful that I get to play, play it and try it at some point in time in the future. It just probably won't be my copy. Yeah, I would love to play it with you, Max, like if you ever came up for Origins or something. But with with it being like, if we played it, it would be like, this is your one time playing it. You know, and like you probably wouldn't ever play it again after that. And it'd be it'd probably take, be good on TTS. And it'd be taking three or four hours out of the day. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. I just it just sucks because like like I said, I would love for you to try it. But also, I think if you try, it, I want you to try it like three or four times. Not just yeah. once. Yeah, this is a game I think Doolin would absolutely adore, though. Doolin already likes chip theory and it's actually an excellent solo game, though. It's, oh, OK. It's okay, cool. It's almost made for solo as much as it's made for two players I'm the solo guy doing there is a huge thick solo scenario book where it gives you like five scenarios that you play with each faction so and they like work like Ooh, a story i'm down i think you would be enjoy the hell out of this game just for the solo aspect of it i'm in yeah i mean chip theory is just really good solo anyways um so that doesn't surprise me a couple of marcus victorium's good <laughs> mm-hmm. um i always, I always stayed away from this game just because like the two-player heavy game space with lots of replayability and, and like super deep games are is like it's a big crowd, tough crowd. There's a mm-hmm. lot of games in there that you know kind of fight for that spot, like Rebellion and uh, all these multiple like bigger war games. Um, so it's just yeah, I think it's, it's it just seems like a a near lifestyle game to like really like garner the depths of it, you know. It's it's funny you mentioned that because like you uh, you're right there are a lot of those and I swear I've picked out I have like each of those games and I have one friend that I play them with like right. I play with my friend Alan I play Rebellion with my friend Will I play Too Many Bones with uh, Cloudspire I play Mar I play with Mario it's uh, like War of the Ring uh, I play with the same person like so it's just yeah you're right those require you having one friend and just playing the game with them and I'm just like fortunate enough to have like four different people that when it's ever it's just me and them. We have a go-to game. All righty. Kenny, what you been playing lately? Uh, so the other night we broke out a Jash's copy of Unmatched Tales to Amaze. Um, so this is basically Unmatched, the game system, but cooperative. And I think like it, it kind of like started making headlines or like it became like real popular in the community just because like the Dice Tower, they they gave it super high marks in their the recent review. I think like nothing got below a nine. I think it got multiple tens, mm-hmm. which is like the highest I've seen um, in terms of like when they do their big review format with multiple people. And so that really made me uh, um, stand up and take note because um, I backed it on Kickstarter, but I never actually fulfilled through the the pledge manager. Um, so I actually went and got a retail copy pre-ordered um, and ready set to go. Um, and I was really excited to play Josh's copy of Unmatched uh, Tales of Maze. And I'm here to say that it is exactly what you think it is. It is. Mm-hmm. It's like it, if in my head, if someone said, "Hey, I'm gonna, this is unmatched cooperative," this like ticked all the boxes. 
and it just kind of, you know, nothing really beat my expectations, but nothing was below it. It was like, this is, this feels like a match. Um, that basically has this thing where, like, uh, you are just trying to defeat a boss, but it also has, like, minions on the board that has its own health. Kind of like you would see, like, in a, uh, an unmatched game itself. And every single player is playing a different uh, character with different abilities and a different card deck. Um, some characters may have, like, AoE abilities, some maybe do, like, more direct damage or, uh, like, be able to move around the map more. Yeah, it's... It, it sounds like I don't have a lot to say about it because I kind of don't. It's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's kind of yeah. just the, unmatched. Yeah, it's kind of unmatched, but it's cooperative. The biggest thing I'd say, like negative, I say about it is that I don't think I'd play this at four. Um, it was long. I think it went about two hours for us to get through. That um, is long. It, yeah, and to be Run fair, match. we were bullshitting a lot, so that didn't add. That I'm sure that added to the total time. But there's also a lot of downtime at four players, which mm-hmm. I think um cause a lot of that too um yeah that was my biggest complaint is that like unmatched is a two-player game so i was wondering if tales to amaze would really uh i mean i guess you can can play unmatched at more than two but predominantly it's a two-player game and i was wondering if tales to amaze would broaden that player count and to an extent it does because it makes it more approachable to play it at three and four um but on the other hand like i'm with kenny i just I i don't want to play it at that high of a player count um, it is a game, it is a cooperative game that works really well, but doesn't have a lot of interaction. Now, it does have some. I don't want to say that. And we've only played it one time. So take everything we have to say with a grain of salt. We haven't played every scenario. We haven't really dove into it much. But in our first play, there wasn't a lot of interaction. There were probably in two hours of gaming, maybe like a few turns at most, where we really directly communicated with each other like, what should I do here? Can you bounce off of this? And the rest, we kind of just played our hands to the best of our ability. Um, and then you just sit and wait for your turn. And uh, the system's really fun. The game is cool. But like, I'm not going to lie and say that I had a very good time. I had a good time like talking with my friends. But like, there was out of the two hours that we played, I was actively particip- I was an active participant maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And the rest is just me waiting for it to get back to my turn because it's just not a game that you can do a whole lot of outside of your turn. So on one hand, it does kind of broaden that player count. On the other hand, I, I can't really recommend it to you at that player count. And I would say that it's probably graded to like I could see myself wanting to get this because I don't particularly like to play directly head to head competitive games with Danielle. But something like this would allow us to get some characters from our favorite IPs and pit them up against mothman and aliens and work together and i think that's where it's really going to shine um but as far as you know was this a super great experience it was fine the game's good but like it wasn't super great just because of the downtime involved so i'd happily play to lower player counts i just don't think that it's uh i don't think it's interactive enough to be sitting there for so long in between yeah. doesn't the uh doesn't the player count determine how many minions there are too so you're playing with uh, four minions yeah. like Yes. Yeah. So that's the just initiative gonna, order was nine. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's too much. Uh, I did, I guess I didn't really. I read the rules to uh, Tales of the Maze today. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm not a huge cooperative fan in general. Um, so I when I backed it, I didn't necessarily even back it for the cooperative game. I highly doubt I played TTA cooperatively that much. I will play the characters in regular unmatched, and I will play it solo if I feel like playing unmatched and I haven't played it in a while. 
and I just feel like getting it out. I don't right. see myself in a four-player game night being like, let's play Tales to Amaze, especially after your guys is talking about how much downtime there is, because, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I think I think like the big appeal for me is being able to play it solo just because like there's so much to unmatch to like, you know, kind of understand how how a character plays. So, and, you know, like I, I, get, I bring unmatched out like maybe once a month at this point. So like being able to play like solo and have the ability to actually kind of figure out the decks and all that. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's probably the most appealing part for me with the cooperative solo stuff they built in. Um, but yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I, everything Max said, I, I agree. Like, like we, we also played like three three of us played the characters in the box and uh, i would think like those characters might be a bit more tuned to like actually cooperate a bit together mm-hmm. but not so they were they were all very kind of just doing their own thing there were um, moments like i really don't want i want to give it a little credit because again we've only played it one time and i remember in particular you had a card that allowed you to push minions and i was playing the golden bat who does additional damage if he doesn't need to move on his turn there was an instance where you pushed a minion into me, which then allowed me to take advantage of my special ability by attacking beforehand. But that was like the one out of the yeah. few times that it happened. Like it, it is there. So maybe it's a skill issue. Like maybe we were just not familiar with the cards and stuff, or maybe it's just not that prevalent. So I hesitate to like crap it because it's our first play. And I, the system is good. Undoubtedly, the system is good. It's just whether you enjoy that kind of, of game. And for me, I just want more interaction. I, I think on top of that, though, like all of these characters are set up to be played head to head and not on teams. Yeah, like that's right. that was their original design. And so, like, um, I'm, I'm not going to spoil the game that I, I'm, I'm going to talk about, but like games, other cooperative games that are built from the ground up to be cooperative, have support characters, have characters that don't do a lot of damage, but are mainly about maneuvering the people around or healing them up or doing stuff like that. And like, there wasn't like, if you have stuff like that, it, it, it allows for me as a player to be more uh, encouraged, I guess, to really buy into Max's turn to really buy into Kenny's turn because what he does is really going to heavily impact what I do and all of that stuff. But in the, in the game, it felt very swingy. It just felt like I was doing, you know, I'm, I'm beating up people over here while you guys are beating up people over here and we're kind of all playing unmatched and we're doing it cooperatively, which is fun. But I, I do think I would cap the player count at two in terms of like how like what I would play it at anyway. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good point too. Like I think the challenge wasn't there for us to coordinate for us to need to coordinate a lot. Like I think like mm-hmm. something like Arkham Horror, like yeah, you have true. to court you have to coordinate to actually get make progress. But this one we can at least with the difficulty we were playing at, we could just kind of derp around and yeah. we were able to figure it out. So, And I will say, too, that the Loveland Frog in particular, his ability actually gives him additional turns. So our initiative wasn't even nine cards. It was nine at the start and then 10 and then 11 <laughs> because the Loveland Frog is taking extra action. So he in particular does not assist with the uh, the downside. Yeah, yeah, that of is turns. wild. That is wild that they like let that happen. <laughs> I like that system, though. I mean, I've talked about it in Cosmic Frog. I like the, like, you don't know what turn you're going. No, no, I like that, too. That's not my problem. But, like, 11 different turns is crazy. Yeah, four players, four minions, one boss. Yeah, and then extra minions because of the Loveland Frog. 
And we like I I like th- I noticed like towards the end like actually after we had, like whittled off some of the minions like the game picked up pace a lot like it was it did, a lot more sure. it was a lot yeah. more engaging and interesting just because like everyone was taking turns back to back and it wasn't just like the AI going so yeah it's I I did, I think that's kind of a bit of an oversight I'd still play it again though like again I, I'm not hating on the game I just uh, I guess I was expecting more and it was just just fine just unmatched it's what you expect. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same thing. It's, it's it's exactly what I expected, and it's still good. So Yeah, yeah. I liked it too. All righty. Doolin, what have you been playing? Speaking of cooperative games. Yeah, so um, I finished a project that I've worked on for about two weeks now. Uh, I really hated that Like every time Emily and I wanted to play a game, if I was playing a solo game, I'd have to pack it all up. And then we play our, like, I don't know. We have a table space. We have multiple tables around the house. We could just do that. But, like, I, I wanted a way to leave out a solo game and, like, it not get in the way of game nights with other people. And so I built this, this little board that I just put in my closet and pull out. And to test it, I set up, I decided Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion was going to be my first game that I'm going to go through by myself. Um, and I did some research as, like, you know, you know what, what am I supposed to do? Who am I, who, what characters am I supposed to be? Um, and the general consistent consensus eh, consensus online is um, it doesn't matter uh, as long as you play two characters. <laughs> and so uh, I just picked two that I was interested in. And so I've been going through uh, the first four scenarios today uh, as the Void Walker, which was the character I played when we played Max. So she's like this healer, also manipulative of the map character, which I really like. And then I also played uh, the character Jash played, which is like this um, punchy demolitionist character. Um, and I'm realizing very quickly that uh, I still like all the feelings that I had playing it when we played it are flooding back. This is an incredible game. I don't know why it's taken me this long to get really excited about Gloomhaven, but it has. Um, but also the two characters I picked are very squishy. And so <laughs> I was going to say it, that it's yeah. it's it's um it's been a challenge a couple of times. But at the same time, it's been. It's fun because like I I pick all of the cards and so I know exactly like who's going to go first. And so setting up that those kind of turns can be really, really rewarding. Um, And so like the demolitionist can do these huge swing attacks. And uh, as the void walker, you can get that character ready for those attacks by giving them advantage. Um, and I'm constantly using up my heal cards because the demolitionist is just taking big swings back in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I I don't know. I, I, I know that this is not a hot take at all. It's the coolest of cool takes. But I really like Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. And I'm looking forward to going through all of it. Um, and I also love that each scenario, at least solo, is very quick. I was finishing each scenario in about 30 to 45 minutes. And so the fact that I could break that out and break, like finish the scenario real quick, do the downtime stuff and then just leave it is like highly appealing to me. They do get longer. Those first five scenarios are tutorials though. It's yeah. I remember we played over tabletop simulator, um, back during, uh, like 2020 when I was playing everything on tabletop simulator and (laughs) the first four or five, uh, missions to Jaws on the line we finished in one night I'm like awesome this is gonna be great was uh run, run through this but then 
eventually it became like every night we just did one just because they started mm. escalating in time. So what was uh what was the length you think like on average? I mean, we're it's in number one. I mean, for us, we're playing on tabletop simulator, so it takes longer. We're playing with four, mm. so it takes longer. So I can't really say, but I, I just just expect your games to take longer. Honestly, I would think you should be able to finish the scenario in like an hour. With uh, just I would go a little bit longer. I did. I have played through all of Jaws of the Lion solo during COVID as oh, well. Okay, that was like oh, actually cool. a perfect game to come out during COVID. It like <laughs> it released, and I was like, "Oh my god, I need to go get this right now." <laughs> so I get one thing. And uh, and I yeah, just like you, I just left it on the table, and I was working from home. I would seriously like take turns like while I was working, and I would just like <laughs> I would take a couple turns, and I would like get back to the computer. Um, I would say. Uh, those later scenarios, especially, they're going to get a lot more difficult. There was like, I, th- I think it's scenario 17 even, um, was really hard. It took me three or four chances to beat it. Uh, that'll take you about 90 minutes. Just, and maybe like I was putting too much thought into it and you're more, uh, you just have to make quicker decisions than I do. But I was like really like staring at both of my, I had the hands like spread out. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what am I going to do here? Uh, but I had a great time playing Jaws of the Line as well. Um, it did sour me on, glo- on regular Gloomhaven. Uh, once I got finished playing Jaws of the Lion, I was pretty much done with the system, I thought. so. But I'm glad you're uh, enjoying it. And I, I do think Jaws of the Lion is the best way to play the Gloomhaven system. I would agree. Like, I think, like, Gloomhaven and Frosthaven, just, I think they fall into this trap of just, like, bigger is better, right? But, like, I think Jaws of the Lion's strength is that, like, it's so compact and just is, like, it, it feels beatable, right? Like, Mm-hmm. Like I feel yeah. like I can I can get through like fifteen to twenty missions with my group, but like Gloomhaven's like you're looking at forty, fifty. I mean, more. yeah, yeah. I, probably into the fifties, and then you got people doing the side quests, which is like God bless them, but not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, when I played Gloomhaven, though, like I was so not ready to be done. Now I didn't finish because my main <laughs> playing partner just decided he was done playing board games. Um, but I mean, we played two or three nights a week for months i mean yeah i played i've played at least 40 scenarios of gloomhaven and like i was still eager to get back in and play more scenarios and unlock new characters and i was excited to finish and i was excited for Frosthaven. um but unfortunately that was kind of like the perfect storm as far as playing them uh so i as soon as i got Frosthaven, i basically sold it because i was like i know this is not going to get tabled um but i also have like a friend group uh one of my friends is in a gloomhaven group basically that like in COVID, I think in 2021 or whatever, they started playing Gloomhaven, play it every week, finish Gloomhaven, finish Jaws of the Lion, and have started Frosthaven maybe a couple of months ago. And like, that's all they do is Gloomhaven and repeat. And they love it. Like they were so excited when Frosthaven came in to get back into it. So I do think that some people, yeah, uh, Jaws of the Lion is the way to go because it's a more compact experience that you can see a finite end in sight. But for other people, they love that exploration of a system like they may not even play board games that much but this one in particular has really sold them on it and they're excited to to play them that game for ever and ever uh but i'd love to play gloomhaven again i just i just don't think it's really in the cards i don't think that it's it's really a feasible game for us to to play that often yes sir do i have news for you Uh uh-huh after after all of this i'm i'm i guarantee you i'm gonna want to get into gloomhaven so Either you can let me do that by myself, or we could do that together. I would love to do it together and play Frosthaven too. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I feel like I'm Gloomhaven out. Yeah, after playing uh, the Jaws of Lion, 
in the main campaign, I think I'm I'm good. Well, you've certainly played more than me. I mean, I've played most of the main campaign, but not Jaws of the Lion. I played the first four scenarios of Jaws of the Lion, but yeah, and it is still a great game. Like I can admit that Gloomhaven is mathematically great, thematically great. It does a lot of stuff well, but man, and I know Kitty sounds like he's right there with me. We are not the kind to play it over and over again and be excited for i was like 50 scenarios is plenty i've I seen gloomhaven too, i feel even a lot of it depends on a lot of it depends on like what you like about gloomhaven now i mean i'm sure we all liked a lot about gloomhaven but one of the things that excited me most i mean you all know how difficult it is for me to choose movies for a movie list how difficult it is for me <laughs> to choose what weapon to main in monster hunter so like the the options in Gloomhaven, the fact that I can play a character and explore that character and then retire it and decide what to do next and unlock new characters like that thrill of unlocking new characters and seeing what they had going on kept me on the hook the entire way through. Like, I just I agree. But what happens that. when you get a when you get your like your goal is like so unobtainable that, you know, you're going to be playing that character then put it back it's a cooperative game just put it back uh, get a different goal yeah you're you're not wrong I, that's what happened to me though it's like i retired one character and i was super excited to open the box I was like oh sweet and then i drew my new mission i'm like oh this isn't getting done this is my character for the rest of the <laughs> rest like, of the game i've talked about this before i love cooperative games um but like if i'm playing gloomhaven and i play for two hours and i draw a skip when i'm about to kill the boss and then the boss kills me I'm not redo- redoing that scenario. No, I, I, I will admit defeat, but I will move right on to the next scenario. <laughs> that is a key flaw of the game, too. Just that fact that, like, yes, yes agreed. That the people can just like it, it just like I've, I've been in that scenario, too, like multiple times, like where you, you have the really exciting boss fight gets down to the wire and it doesn't go your way. And you, everyone just says, eh, whatever, we'll just flub it. And it just I mean. One time is like whatever, but it just becomes like so many times. I mean, yeah, I'll admit defeat and like not take my experience points and gold or whatever, but like I'm not redoing the scenario. I'm just I, gonna move on. I mean, and after playing games like Arkham Horror, where failing a scenario is a feature, like it's it's really hard for me to go back to stuff like Gloomhaven, where like you can't progress until you succeed. Yeah, so, I agree yeah. that that is a, a a fault that they should look to improve upon. Like have branching story paths that depend on whether you succeed or fail. I know that's a lot of work, but I think it'd be great. Or save points. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. You can save scum, just be like, I'm saving here, so I only have to repeat the last six turns. Ooh. If you, if you guys are going to play Gloomhaven, you should honestly just play over the, on the app. Like, that seems like the most... But like, I want to play Frosthaven, Kenny. Oh. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I, I feel like I need to play Gloomhaven first. There I do not think you do. Do you want? Do you have Gloomhaven or do you want my copy? I, don't I have, have it. Gloomhaven. Do you I still have, have it, it, Max? Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously quite used, but yes, I own oh, it I was, and all the characters. Okay, if Max has it, then that's fine. I was gonna, I would give you mine for free. Is I've it, been trying to get out of my house. Same, Kyle. It, I feel like I just need to throw it away. So like, if I know. You do it once. <laughs> I've, you thought about, it. I've thought about recycling it. I really have. Yeah. How do you? How do you just give somebody Gloomhaven though? Like, isn't it's it like fine. mostly open? Some, yeah, there might you be some would... stickers on the board or something. You're, it's fine. The problem is going to be the the handful of cards that are torn up, but like you can figure it out. It's not the end of the world. Like it's, I think you could make do, or we could just buy Frosthaven. Uh, any more on Gloomhaven? Okay, I we all except for Kyle have been playing Ammon Ray, 
this is the 20th anniversary edition, which is published by Alley Cat Games. This is a Reiner Knizia auction game that was initially published uh, by Hansim Gluck and Super Meeple in 2003. But this is the 20th anniversary edition that came out this year. Uh, and us discussing it will be specifically about the 20th anniversary edition because the rule sets that we have played with are actually unique to the 20th anniversary edition. Uh, the game initially was a three to five player game. Community thought it was best played at four to five. And now it is a two to five player game. And at least personally, I'm very fond of both the two and three player variants. That's all I've played. So keep in mind, this is specifically about the variants that come in the 20th anniversary edition rather than the normal edition. But um, and I should mention that uh, though I did purchase this game, I do kind of work for Alley Cat Games where I live stream most Wednesdays. And I've been live streaming Ammon Ray and Kalamala and stuff like that. So just wanted to put that out there. But these two fellas here with me, Doolin and Kenny, played it for the first time. And they are not on Alley Cat Games payroll. Wow, way to rub it in. Yeah, I know. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but I think this is a really, really good auction game with not a yeah. huge rules overhead, but a lot of thinky decision space as far as what you need to do and how you can block and what to do with your money. Because there's just a lot happening. But uh, much like other Reiner Knizia games, the action selection, the decision space is large, but the rules overhead is small. And I just mm. always love that about his games. Um, I mean, a lot of people are probably going to say, is it Ammon Ray or Raw as far as which you enjoy more? And that's going to be a tough one because they're both auction games. I, I don't know currently. I think Kenny would say Raw and I think Doolin maybe say Ammon Ray. And I'm kind of in the middle right now. I haven't made up my mind on that, but I do think Ammon Ray is fantastic. What did you all think about it? I think they're such wildly different. They are. They're, for sure. they're both auction games, but they fit such different niches. And like your auction area control and auction set collection, basically. Or, or even just like playtime. Like Raw's like a breezy 30 minutes. Almond Ray is like at Maybe. least an hour. They have similar minutes. themes too. I didn't even make yeah. that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Egyptian auction games. Um, I, I loved it. I mean, this has been the year of Reiner for me, like playing. Yeah. Zivadis, Ra, Amon Ray. Like, I, without a doubt, those three will be First like my base is Kinney. Yeah. yeah. Kinney and Reiner. <laughs> Kinney and Reiner. <laughs> well, like, those three games will probably be in my top 10 of this year. Um, yeah. I, I don't care if they're re releases. They're new to me. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was like, it's just like, that's a game, whole like, other top 10 we do, Kinney. Yeah. Well, not I mean, these. These actually released yeah, in no, 2023. Not, yeah. I, I was like, just with you. And not just like, I mean, like, they're like big overhaul. Like, the production on Almond Ray is like really, really nice. Like, um, I think they had, uh, you didn't even get the miniatures. No. And I mean, I, and I don't think I need it. I don't think any of the expansions. Like, I think that base game is great. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot to mine in there. There's a lot of depth of strategy you can kind of like dig into. Um, I love that the fact that like you play one game. And then you play the game again, but with like the stakes change and the, right. the everything's kind of like skewed. So you have to think about things differently. Um, it's like just a really great puzzle. And it's, it's, you know, with the auction game, like it's you're playing the people at the table as much as you're playing the system, which right. I think makes it a, a, a better experience overall. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I absolutely loved it. I'm excited to play it again. I I really enjoyed it. I do, despite what people think, love area control. Um, and I thought it was a tight game as well. Uh, it was one of those games that, um, as soon as we finished, I was like, I want to, I want to try this again. I, mm -hmm. I would have never thought an auction area control game would work, but it works really, really well. And, um, 
I don't know. There was plenty of moments where uh, things happen for you that make you feel really good about what you're doing. I, I don't know if you guys had this experience, but like uh, I would set myself up to get loads and loads of money for the next round. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this really exciting, like, like even though money, like, Money is just used to get points. It does not get you points just getting money. But like but you have to have money. <laughs> yeah, you have to have money. And, and so, like, really, I don't know. I, I learned this, too. You can either have a good round of points or you can have a good round of money. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And so those rounds, even when you're act. not scoring. Yeah. Those rounds that you're even not scoring a whole bunch of points you're getting really pumped about what you're setting yourself up to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I like the game a lot. Yeah, Kyle, I don't know if you know much about Ammon Ray, and, and Kenny mentioned this, but to explain and to dig into it a little more, one of the really cool things about Ammon Ray is at the halfway point of the game, after you've spent all your money recruiting farmers and getting yourself in the right locations to score you points, the Nile floods and destroys everything except for the pyramids, basically. And so the second half of the game is all the pyramids that have been built are still built but no one controls any particular area anymore. And then you rebid for these areas. So you've got really high value areas with lots of pyramids and areas that are kind of worthless. And it just, it ups the intensity of it. it and fun. everybody's I- spending way more money on these locations. Like you start the first few rounds, you're like, I'll take this for three and this for one. I'll take this for six and this for free. And then in the second half of the game, it's like, I'm bidding 25, so you cannot take me. <laughs> it's like, you just go crazy. Like, I, I do think that even though you said like it was good at three, I, I think this would be a lot of fun at four and five. Oh, I'm, I'm really I, wanting to try it at that. I account. very much agree and want to play it. I'm more so happy that it is good at two and three mm, because that yeah. is like what Alley Cat aimed to fix is that the complaints that it was really a four to five player game. And as someone who's played it several times at two and a couple of times at three, I still think it's really good. I, uh, I really like raw. Um, it kind of surprised me how much I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and based on your guys' explanation, I think this sounds better to me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. because I also really do love area control and it, uh, and I think Kenny's point was like, raw just feels more breezy. It's kind of almost more relaxed. Yeah, this is a little uh, more meat, meaty and tense. Yeah, yeah, that that speaks to me a little bit more. Um, I will say with all these Reiner release re-releases, like he's almost had a resurgence. Like I know he's obviously the most prolific game designer of all time, but I felt like when I was getting into the hobby around 2017, 2018, he was more of like a designer that like had made a lot of cool games and he was putting out stuff that wasn't necessarily the best anymore. And I feel like right. now all this stuff is re-releasing and it's like, oh my god, yeah, Canizia. He put out great, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting because I remember when I got in the hobby, just maybe a couple years earlier than you, I same thing. Like I feel like everyone's kind of just shitting on Ryder Kenetia um for just having like big output but not a lot of like big games. But I mean, if you make that many games, you're gonna make some amazing ones. And like he has such a, his design design philosophy is just really different from a lot of people. Or at least it was like really progressive in terms of like how it pushed the industry forward, I think. So yeah, I I'm all, I'm all for this, and especially like the deluxification of a lot of his yes, uh, classic games. Like, I like I think like uh, all play they're putting out a really nice looking version of Through the Desert. Yeah, I'm gonna get mm-hmm. that. You know, I think it's on Kickstarter I, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Tigers and Euphrates getting a reprint. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, Huang, the Yellow and Yangtze's reprints coming out soon. Do you guys have a, I mean, we could do this for a whole other podcast, but do you guys have our favorite Reiner? Uh, Tigress for me. Lost Cities. Oh, Lost Cities is fantastic. Uh, I'd have to think about that, honestly. Um, I don't know. Mine's Babylonia. Yeah, but Lost Babylonia Cities is, is close. Really freaking good. Uh, what's that other one he did? Did he do Whale Riders? He did Whale Riders. Yes, he did. I, I want to try that one. Whale uh, Riders Babylonia really looks fun. cool too. But like, I I really like uh, Tigers and Euphrates and Yellow and Yangtze, and I've heard it Babylonia is just kind of pretty similar to those two. So it's yeah. just never. Uh, I'll tell you that right now that you'll like Babylonia way more than Whale Riders. Just knowing. Oh you, Kyle. yeah, I know you for sure would. You would like Babylonia a lot. I mean, I think Lord of the Rings: The Confrontation is fantastic. Um, Babylonia is fantastic. What's the? Uh, oh, oh! By the way, speaking of Reiner Kinnitia, uh Nightmare Productions should be here tomorrow. Have you heard of that, Kyle? Mm. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think I mentioned I it in like the table knots chat. Well, yeah, I saw it when Kenny okay. like, or you said you sent a picture of it. Uh, I mean, I did watch a whole like Dice Tower video on Reiner Kinnitia once. So I'm sure okay. it got brought up at some point. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm excited to play that. Oh, he does Millie Fiori as well. Yeah. I mean, my City, which is up there for me as well. Yeah, I like My City, but it's not it's not the tops or anything for me. What was it? There's one that I'm forgetting. What the heck is it? Modern Art? Because that, no. I really like that one. Modern Art is Modern great. Modern not bad. That's not what I'm thinking of. Uh, high forgetting? Society? Oh, I no, I'm just being dumb. Uh, I, I genuinely, maybe it's... Uh, Maybe it's what's it called? Recent recency bias, but I I just really like Zuvatis. Zuvatis, oh. how do you say it? Like, I think it's really good. Oh, that's another one I really need to play. That's like that game's got me written all over it. Yeah, it's great. It's it's really good. Anyways, we shouldn't spend this much. We we should have a Reiner episode at some point, and maybe we can talk about some like movie directors that spit out a ton of stuff. But then we'd have to watch a ton of movies, and we know that Josh wouldn't be on that episode. Uh, <laughs> what else is new? What, what else is new? Where's if you wondered where Josh been? Josh has been, and he's been gone. He's still here. He's just not <laughs> he participating. Uh, he's not a big fan of the horror, and really just decided that he didn't. He didn't want to or us or October. the podcast, or us, yeah, or movies. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, movies. To be fair, he's like a kid do any day, so you know he's probably like in free I have mode. four, and you already have one, yeah, Kenny. But he, he, he yeah, that's such a BS excuse. He's not the one having the baby. He has a scheduled induction. It's not like the kid's gonna be here in october this is his first child this this is i remember when you know the month leading up to uh the birth of my daughter it was freak out city so you know really yeah well i don't feel like i was i wasn't freaked out at all he was like danielle you got this i'm gonna go play gloomhaven in the delivery room i was watching jeopardy yelling answers and Megan oh was my god so i was Je- <laughs> I was playing board games and sleeping and stuff in the delivery room. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, Danielle, but, you know. Kyle, are you like a Jeopardy fan? Like a huge Jeopardy fan? I love Jeopardy. Yeah, heck yeah. If you had to pick one, Jeopardy or Survivor? Oh, oh, man. (laughs) Oh, that's tough. Probably That time when Alex Trebek was on Survivor. That was his favorite. Rip. He would die out there. R.I.P. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Okay, let's move on to our second half of the episode. We've already done our our board game talk. Now it's time for movie talk. So I'm going to tell you about what we're going to do, list the movies, and we'll get right on into it. We are doing a little bit of a different draft uh, because we only have 10 movies, and we have four people, so that that doesn't doesn't really make sense. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to do a team draft. Now, we don't know whose team is comprised of what. We're going to let fate decide, whether it be the dice roll or RNG.com, whatever, who is on whose team. And then we're going to do a team draft where each team it's fate. drafts I know what team I'm on. five movies, and they have to come to an agreement on the movies they draft. And then you must join the Discord so you can let us know whose team won the draft and why. What we're going to do is we're going to briefly talk about why we made those picks, and we're going to obviously talk with our teammate about what we're doing. And then we're not going to dwell too long on the movies. Once we finish the draft, we will then give our individual rankings on the movies and go more in-depth into each of the 10 movies that we watched this October. That way we don't show our hand too awfully much before the draft. So if you're unfamiliar with the list, I picked Ghostwatch and The Witch. Kenny picked Midsummer and Drag Me to Hell. Kyle picked The Babadook and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Doolin picked The Ring and Green Room. And Jash, he who shall not be named, picked Saw <laughs> and Bold Happy heart. Death Day. <laughs> I like how Jash finally watched one scary movie and it was a movie that he picked. Like, <laughs> Oh man, I was so pissed. I, fake pissed, obviously. To be fair, I didn't really care. But <laughs> Jash watched the one movie that Doolin hasn't. That's so, true. You know? There you I'm go. Sure. There you go. I, I, there was a part of me, I think, deep down that was like, I'm not watching the other Jash pick, even though the other one that he picked is a great one. I was like, I'll watch that one, but not the other one. Yeah, I really considered not watching either of Jash's, but then Kyle got mad at me because he, he had already watched them. He was like, you can't make me watch <laughs> anything else. And I'm like, OK, yes, daddy. Uh, anyways, how is fate yes, deciding daddy. the teams? Kenneth or Kyle, how are we doing this? I have ChatGPT. Ready to randomize the teams with our four names. Okay. So that's, that's press enter. <laughs> okay. You ready? Sorry. A waste of AI. I, <laughs> give it to our AI what, overlords, Kenny. What else are we supposed to use AI for? Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. It's thinking about it. What is my purpose? It's, it's thinking, thinking about, about it. it. We could have rolled a die. We could have rolled a die. All right. Random team one. <laughs> Kenny and Max. Random hey! team two, Kyle and Doolin. Doolio, we're going right. to have a problem. Okay. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. Whoa. Yeah. It could have been worse. There's one person here that I don't get along with on these movies. Yeah. Crazy. There's like one person here I don't get along with these on these movies, too. Weird. Yeah. Who's that? There's one person. There's one person I refuse to be on a team with. Who's that? Are you Josh. all talking about me? <laughs> no, Max. I wanted you on my team. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Whew, dodge that bullet. So we have Team Mini and Team Cash. That's what we're going with. Mini is what? Max and Kenny. Cash is Kyle and Doolin. Because he's Jash. There's no ah noise in our... <laughs> I, I, got, I got you mixed up with Jash. You all both haven't been on the podcast in a long time. Um... <laughs> That's not even true. It was on last week. <laughs> And the week before. Okay, we have team. Wait, what's happening? Three weeks wait, wait, wait. We have team. If we did Doolin and Jash, we could do team douche. That would be fun. Josh um, isn't here. I'm saying if, Kyle. That's a. You're supposed to say yes and me. If. That's true. Uh, okay, how about Doyle? Kaish. Team Mini and team Doyle. Duel? Duel? Doyle? Or Doyle rules. Duel. It's duel. still not even it. There's no O sound. It's an O. That's why I changed it to my name. Duel. <laughs> Team Duel. 
D-O-O-L-E and Team Mini. Listen, guys, if we prepared this, uh, well, then it would have been scripted and we would have known what team. So you're right. We had to do it. I like reply. Kex better. Kex? What the heck? <laughs> Where's Kex come from? For you and Kenny and Max. <laughs> Kenny and Max. Oh, okay. We can be Team Kex. Kinnix. What do you Kin- all want to be? Kinnax. Okay. Good team uh, Awesome. Rooster. Uh, okay. All right. Your team duel. Okay. So we need uh, a randomizer. Kyle, roll, you got your dice with you still? Yeah. Okay. Pick odds or evens. Why would you roll the dice when we have a perfectly good AI you system in front of you? Before you roll it, Kyle. You have to say it before you roll it. Odd. Okay. So team duel is odds. We got it's six. It's six. Do you want to draft first or second, Kenny? Let's draft first. We'll draft first. Okay. So team Kenny's drafting. Team Kex is drafting first. That's Kenny and I. All right, we've got a whole board to pick from. Let's this is good. talk. This is good, Kyle, we get to listen to they them do get about to like, what this they is really is unfortunate good. that you all get to I listen. Hope yeah. they I hope pick GW right here. I will lose it. I think <laughs> we. I think we know the pick. I, I think, think I we know too. the pick. I, let's, I, say that, let's say it together on one, two, three. Okay. See, the problem is it's narrowed down to two. Pick, pick the good. Okay, pick the better right. one. All right. Three, two, one. The witch. Midsummer. Nope. Oh nope. no! <laughs> <laughs> I think Midsummer's a different pick here. No, no, Midsummer's. I'm, I'm in Midsummer. That's a great pick. I thought that yeah. you were going to say the witch, which is why I went the witch. Midsummer was what was in my head too. That's fine. Right, so they, so they took Midsummer. Are we talking about Midsummer right now or no? I mean, I think. Why did we pick it, Kenny? Uh, man, it's like the, for me, it's a movie I thought them. I've like it's a movie I've thought the most about yeah. after I watched it. There's a lot of layers to it. There's a lot of like uh, subtlety to the characters that you have to kind of unpack. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Doolin just watched it, so I don't know how he's. Yeah, we don't about even know it, what but... Doolin thinks about it. To be honest, you don't know what I think about it either. Yes, I do. You reviewed it on Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, for the listeners out there, we might change the way we do things a little bit here. If we have movies that we know for certain are going to be talked about in great detail on the pod we might just log them without a rating and without a review and then we'll go back and add that later but that way we can have our fresh we really really need to do that (laughs) on the pod not knowing what other people think about the movies especially for drafts now i didn't go and browse your all's letterbox and see what you rated all of these but i do know general thoughts on like ghost watch and midsummer and stuff like that. i doubt that max i feel like that's what you do in your spare time is you go on letterbox and what spare time look at i i don't know because you every (laughs) once in a while you'll message me you'll be like you know what? Did you just know that you passed 100 films on uh, a letter? I'm like, I didn't even know that, Max. How did you know that? That's a good point. Every once in a while, I go look. All right. Okay. I think Midsummer's a great pick. I'm happy with that pick. We can dive more into it later. But uh, good choice, Ken. Good cho- choice, Kex. Team Kex. Are, are we snaking this? We're snaking it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So okay. we got two picks. All right. Um, We disagree. I, I, it, it's so many. strange. Okay, here's the thing. Do, do we disagree on, like, the one that we highly disagree on? Do you think it's one of the best? I don't want to say. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Why not? We're on each other's team. <laughs> but we're trust, also I don't trust you. What if you're a traitor? Um, <laughs> what if I'm a traitor? There's no traitor mechanic in this draft, Kyle. Uh, yeah, yes, I do, Dolan. I do. You um, think it's one of the best? And it, I, It's fine. It's fine. We don't have to take, I'm not asking to take it here. I'm not. The problem is one of the other ones I have in my top three, you also did not like. So I'm wondering if they, they want the witch. I am perfectly content taking the witch with I one of these picks. I want to take the witch as well. I'll okay. We're taking that. the witch here. 
Okay, we'll take the witch. Dang for it! Our number one Kenny, pick. You know, strategically, we should have taken the witch. We knew that Kyle didn't care that much about Midsummer. <laughs> we should. We should have taken the witch. I would have. I would have. I would have tried to get it. Oh, okay. Okay. So we were just I'll getting one regardless. He could have okay. talked me into it too. Okay. All right. Fair enough then. Um. Now this other one. <laughs> Dulin, it's fine. What Go do you ahead. think about the ring or okay. green room? I I like both of those. I would I would take. I mean, literally, those were my movie picks. You know that, right? <laughs> I hadn't watched either of them. But, but, yeah, that means nothing um, to me. I could. Hey, hey, Kenny, while they're talking, it's good to know that movies that we picked went off the board first. <laughs> uh, um, I will say before we go on, um, even maybe before we get to the rankings, most of these mo- nine out of the ten of these movies, I gave a three and a half or higher. So, <laughs> which one didn't you, Kyle? <laughs> I gave everything a three or higher. Three films Wait, I did no, not give over a three. Kyle, and a half. that's not true. There's two of them that you gave below a three and a half. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. I know the one. That's a three. So, um, one of my picks, Kyle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you feel? Because I, I just want to say this right now. It, I don't care that I'm ruining later picks. This was far and above my favorite going into the draft, and it's far and above my favorite now. Um, and I think that it's a fan favorite. I think if we're vying for, like, fan vote, Saw is the one to pick here, and I don't think Saw is getting back oh, to us. Oh, 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 you like Saw. It was Kenny that did it. I oh, love tot- Saw. Oh, yeah, I'm totally... Well, you were on the Saw podcast. Why? I, what am I thinking? Yes, we're taking Saw here. We're taking <laughs> okay, Saw. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. Hey, I was getting I'm you confused with, with Kenny. I remember yelling somebody in the Discord about it, and it was Kenny, not you. <laughs> it's usually yeah. you or Max. I no, that, that, was, that was what... <laughs> the chaos of us being on each other's team was that Kenny was going to try to keep me from picking Saw, and I was going to try to keep him from picking Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> it was like I don't want to be on Kenny's team here I because apologize. it's going to be madness. Okay, Kenny. Yeah, we've got two picks coming up. Yep. I we just think... won the draft right there, Kyle. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I so. think that we can be on the same page here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we might not be. Okay. <laughs> my <Right>. thought process <laughs> is here's my thought process. Although. I am not a huge fan of Drag Me to Hell. I think that you want to take it on this turn. Is that correct? I think that's right. And (laughs) I'll lock it in. That's fine. I'll lock Drag Me to Hell in. It's not my favorite. It's definitely not my favorite. But I liked it enough. I'll I'll drag it in. Fumble on the play. Here's what I think. Is how long can we wait to take Ghostwatch? Because I, bet we can, we can I really like it, but <laughs> there's no I, way Dolan was let me take letting me get dragged me to hell, no matter how much I begged. I know. So, like, say we don't take Ghostwatch, then the remainder. Do you think it gets back to us? I think so. Because I, I think the smarter thing for us to take is the ring. In terms of, uh, it's not necessarily my favorite, but I think I in think terms Max of like, got bonked on the head, thinking I'm ever letting Ghostwatch. You guys are getting Ghostwatch with your last pick. Yeah, don't worry I, I agree. About, don't worry I about agree. it. <laughs> I well, see. I just text Kyle and said, "I want to tell Max right now that unless he takes Ghostwatch, we're taking it here." Oh, well, you all said <laughs> the opposite, so it, that's cool. I don't think there should be under no under the table communication. Everything is aired. Yeah, everything's aired. We're airing all our on this podcast. Okay, well, I just I just did. I'm going to text Kenny text and Kyle. tell him. Okay. Uh, so he, you think the ring, huh? I mean, just in terms of uh, 
getting the people's love. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I would. I mean, me. I would pick. I would pick uh, Drag Me to Hell and Happy Death Day. Personally, that's that's mine too. Then you know what? But should we take the ring for the people's vote, or should we take no, Happy we... Death Day for our own hearts? I think we should be authentic to ourselves. See, but here's the thing: if, <laughs> if we take Happy Death Day, then Team Duel is getting the ring. For sure. That's not making it back to us. <laughs> no chance. Maybe not. And probably the Green Ghost Room Watch. or the Babadook, right? Yeah, I would say let's take the ring and drag me to hell. Alright, let's do it. Lock it in. The yeah. ring and drag me to hell. Alright. That's our picks, boyos. The ring and drag me to hell. Alright, Dylan. Do dang we, it, man. Dylan, do we take Ghost Watch here? <laughs> you literally I think we, I think, such a hater. <laughs> I think we do to be mean because they just took the ring to be mean. So we didn't take we, it to be mean. We what? <laughs> we, I think we, we also generally liked it. So yeah. If Let's I'm see. Be, Dorn, so, if I'm being true to myself, I I want the Babadook and Happy Death dude, Day. Now I, now I know you haven't seen Happy Death Day, but it is so fun. Happy Death Day is not. I've not seen, but the Babadook. Uh, without revealing too much is is high up for me as well so i would yeah. i would i would vote for that one All right, so we're taking the babadook, the babadook. okay yep babadook's really and, good i'm ex- well i think it's really good okay so now we're we're at a we're at an imposition now do we just take ghostwatch to be mean despite me loathing it nah no 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 if you hate it let's not but, put anything but my we only, hate on here the only one i really want i think is happy death day and you haven't seen it Let's take it. Let's go for it. The only other one that I would like be okay with taking here is Green Room. Like I, I would, do, I would I say do Green hate Room. Nazis, and they get their comeuppance a little bit in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Um, there's a lot of action in that film. Holy cow! Yeah, it was almost more action than horror movie, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I was okay with that. What do we have so far? We have the witch. We have Saw. We have the Babadook. Like. I, I'd be fine with taking Happy Death Day or Green Room right here. Uh, you pick, you pick. I, I. T- well, I've not seen one of them, so you, you should pick. Really. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. That's fine. I liked Happy Death Day more, so let's take Happy Death Day. Dang okay. it! I'm fine with that. Why couldn't you leave Happy Death Day for us? We left. Are there four films off? left. There's oh, three left. There, there's three left. Wait. Yeah. We yeah, so we're you, getting two more. Now. You're getting one. We're oh, getting yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. You're getting one. <laughs> where the, where the, you know. Like where's the? Know. All right, I mean, we're, we're locking in Ghostwatch, right, Kenny? Yeah. We're okay. locking in Ghostwatch at this point. So now we go to Green Room, and I know what you did last summer. What is your I'm thought process here? So I'm fine with qual- either of these. Quality of movie, Green Room, is better than I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Barely. But the, like, the, the household name... I know what you did last summer is so much more iconic. (laughs) The cultural cachet of I know what you did last summer. Way higher than than Green Room. So if we're trying to win, I think we take I know what you did last summer. Yeah, I'd agree. Okay. I know what you did last summer. Wow. Love this. Holy cow. Because, you know, here's the thing. Green Room is not a horror movie. It's not. It's not. Oh, are Nazis not scary, Kenny? Ridiculous. He goes and hangs if, out with them every Friday. If they're yeah. like zombie Nazis, this would, it'd be a horror movie, but... No. I will say, <laughs> regular Nazis are way scarier than zombie yeah, Nazis. Are you kidding me? I don't want to get into spoilers here, but it did One would kinda, take over the world. It did kind of scare me, and the only word I'm going to say is box cutter. 
that was yeah fair that was a bit traumatizing yeah all right so to me go ahead to me it was like a high octane suspense i agree you know i agree yeah team kex kenny and max drafted a midsummer drag me to hell the ring ghost watch and i know what you did last summer while team duel Doolin and kyle drafted the witch saw the babadook happy death day and green room oh i love our five Doolin. it's so good oh my goodness <laughs> love our five i'm really happy with our five too <laughs> so i guess yeah. everybody should be idiot everybody's content here no <laughs> i am so happy we didn't get drag me to hell <laughs> holy cow <laughs> and that's how oh, kyle man. feels about ghost watch that's how I feel about Saw. So there you go. Yeah, I uh, like Saw, but I don't care about it enough to like need it on my on my team. Um, we, we'll talk ratings, obviously. It's okay to be wrong. All right, so the draft has concluded, and it's time for us to give our individual rankings of each movie and how we're going to do this, how we're going to discuss these, because we are going to get more in depth here. We've really been surface level, if that at all, and we're going to dive into these movies pretty pretty deep. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to run through. And we're going to do each of our 10s, then each of our 9s, then each of our 8s, so on and so forth. And whenever a movie is brought up for the final time, so let's say, for example, hypothetically, Green Room was everybody's 10. Then when it got from me to Kenny to Doolin and then finally to Kyle, we would then start discussing it. If a movie is going to be brought up later in the list or higher on someone else's list, we'll just say, nope, not yet. We'll wait until we bring it up again. And that's how we're going to handle things. We're going to talk about them when they get to the final person. So we're going to keep it in the order that we talked about earlier. Kyle, Kenny, Doolin, Max. Kyle, give us your number 10 movie on this list. And I know exactly what it is. It's Ghost Watch. <laughs> that's not shocking. Is it higher up on anybody's list? Well, considering it's impossible yeah. for anyone else to have said it yet, uh, yeah, it's definitely higher up on some people's list, even if it's number 10. Okay. Wow. Kyle, is- Ghostwatch. <laughs> Lock- locked and loaded. You really... All right. All right. You're, all- you're about that. Uh, Kenny, what's your number 10? My number 10 was Saw. Whoa. <laughs> so Saw? It's higher. Yeah. <laughs> Number ten, saw. Yeah, I didn't like it that much. Okay, that's you know what I mean. I didn't love it, but that that's pretty crazy. <laughs> no, no, number ten seems a a bit wild for me, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, the thing is, like, but like, this is the cast of, like most of the movies on this list are very, very good. They so are. Yeah, yeah. This, it's are. just like a good list of movies, and just saw it's just like I, I reckon. Them, yeah. yeah, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just not for me. So, <laughs> well, we'll talk about that one way later. <laughs> We have a whole episode on it, actually, if you want to go. uh... That's true. That's true. (laughs) It's true. All right, Doolin, you're number 10. I'm curious. My number 10 is Drag Me to Hell. Wait, wait, where's where's Happy Death Day going? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I don't have a number 10. What? I guess guess we'll put Happy Death Day at number 10. Uh, I know that's probably not where you think it would go, but that just seems like we have to put it there, like in a number 10. is. Can we put it at number 9? Because there's no way it's as bad as... One. He will like Happy Death Day more than Drag Me to Hell. Okay, Drag Me to Hell going to number 10 for Doolin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for me, my number 10 is... Oh, we sh- can we share a letterbox like rating too? Oh, know. sure, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kyle, what'd you give Ghostwatch? Um, a one and a half. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Kenny, what'd you give Saw? Uh, two. Oh, man, that hurts my heart. Um, Drag Me to Hell, I gave it a one and a half as well. Brutal. I gave I Know What You Did Last Summer a three, which is my least favorite movie on the list. But I will say... And probably his lowest score ever for a movie. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) In my review, I specifically mentioned that I think the reason it is a three is because you all talked so poorly about it. Like, I think it would have been lower if I didn't come in with my expectations already on the ground. Like, I really thought I was going to hate it. And then I was like, oh, okay. That was all right. Like, (laughs) that's that's a pleasant surprise. But I really thought I'd hate it. So that's like... You know, if I was coming in there completely objective with no, like, influences, outside influences, it probably would have been two, two and a half. But I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> so it got a higher rating. <laughs> All right, Kyle, what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is the aforementioned I Know What You Did Last Summer, which there I gave a three star as well. All right. Kenny. My, my number nine was also I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And my number nine was apparently Happy Death Day, which got not available. Where'd you have it ranked before we began? Oh, oh, I just didn't put it on my ranking. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's only going so you there have because a one. it's got to be better than Track Me <laughs> That's the only reason it, it's going there at all. Uh, my number nine. Oh, this, you know, kind of hurts. Um, but my number nine is Drag Me to Hell. It hurts. Yeah, because I, I think it, it's okay. But all again, all these movies we talked about, I think all these movies okay. are pretty good. Like, there was not a single movie on this list that I hated. Unlike you two who hated Ghostwatch and uh, Drag Me to Hell. I did not uh, I did not really hate them. And Saw, apparently. <laughs> I didn't hate anything. Who hated Ghostwatch? Kyle. Kyle? No, just Kyle. Me? Well, you're just saying, oh, like, just what, one of us just hated Kyle. something besides Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all. That's all. That's all. Gotcha. Kyle, what's your number eight? Okay, I'm really excited to talk about this movie, more than, almost more than any other movie on the list, but my number eight is Midsummer. I knew it. I knew it was going to be number eight. Which I gave three and a half, and I will, I'm happy to discuss more when we get to it <laughs> way further in the list. <laughs> oh, man. What a bad take. Kenny, what's your number <laughs> eight? No, no, no. <laughs> it's actually, wow. like, Max, I think you'll find it a decent take. I think I probably will, too, actually. I read your review. I think your review's fair. Uh, mine is the Babadook. It's my number eight. Wow. Yeah. I liked the Babadook a lot. I thought it was, honestly, if I'm looking at strictly scariest movie on the list, it might be the Babadook. I agree. Really? Like straight scariness. It I, might be the Babadook. I did not, do not see that. But I, I gave it a three. So, I mean, I still liked it. It just wasn't. Sure. sure. Yeah. It just was my total jam. I think uneasiness may be the Babadook, but not scariest, if that makes sense. The Ring is pretty scary, but that's because it's re- it relies really heavily on just, like, several jump jump scares. Kyle's over here like, you sure about that? Well, you sure about that? I really only think the jump scares are scary, and they are, like, they, they have such shrill sounds that happen when the jump scares happen that, like, it made me jump every time, but I don't think they're really earned. It's it's cheap scares. They are cheap scares. Doolin, you're number eight. Now, my number eight, uh, even three stars, is Ghostwatch. Okay. Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, I skipped ahead because of the discrepancy. My number eight is actually, I know what you did last summer, at right. two and a half. Okay. Two and a half, which is actually the highest. So, yep, it's uh, t- unfortunately, it's the lowest for all four of us <laughs> together. 
It's so nineties. <laughs> yeah. It's uh all right. I know what you did last summer. Let's let's talk about it. It's a ninety-seven thriller. It's actually it's it was was it written or directed? Written by the guy that wrote Scream, right? Wes Craven. Uh well, I don't know. Did Wes Craven write Scream? Or did he, he just direct Scream? Who wrote Scream? Because I think it's written by the same person who wrote Scream, Kevin Williamson. It's hard to compare those um, two. They're not. Well, they were, the but they were compared at the time. They were like sister movies. Almost, yeah. Because they came out so like, and they had like, they had like the hot, the hot chick that was there. And uh, it was a slasher movie. And it was a group of friends in high school. It was like, they were really linked in the 90s. Mm, and yeah. one just stood the test of time and the other one did not. Yeah, I'm trying to, okay, so not, I'm struggling to find who wrote I Know What You Did. Okay, so screenplay by Kevin Williamson, who also did. Yeah, he did Scream. I just Scream. So what I, I think I, I heard this somewhere, and I'm not, I'm, I should have prepared and I'm not, so I'm not going to sit here trying to find it on uh, Wikipedia, but I read that Kevin Williamson wrote I Know What You Did last summer before he wrote Scream. But he was able to sell Scream and then subsequently able to sell I Know What You Did Last Summer, which a lot of people attribute to the fact that it's it's clearly a lower quality script than Scream, lower quality story than Scream. At least most people think that, maybe not everybody. But I just thought that was an I interesting agree. tidbit because I didn't realize it was the same like writer behind the, the movies until just recently. Um, but yeah, I mean... It's perfectly fine. I think it's just... Uh, yeah, it's aggressively fine. Yeah, nice. Where'd you hear that? I think, like, the biggest <laughs> sin in the movie is that, like, no one dies till like, halfway through, mm -hmm. about, really. And, yeah, for a slash Except movie... Except Leonard from... Oh, yeah. True, yeah, true. yeah. <laughs> was that Max, or who was it? That was a brutal death. Like, the chin. Oh, I think my biggest <laughs> issue with this and this is spoiler for a 30 year old movie um oh i should clarify real quick we're gonna be like all this is spoiler we're gonna we're gonna go deep spoilers on everything we talk about i don't really like that the killer wasn't really linked <laughs> to the group right at all yeah it was just like so the whole movie is like uh almost similar to the ring where it's like this whole mystery where it's trying to find who the actual like killer is like trying to it's the high school trying to solve this mystery uh, much like Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And you, as the audience, you have no way of like guessing because it's just some guy. And like, yeah, it does a good job of like writing you towards it. And like them, like the, you're discovering it with the cast, but I don't know. I, I think that's why screen works a little bit better. Cause you're like, Oh man. Yeah. It was him. <laughs> the payoff is just cheapened when it's a, a random, like, it's just yeah. like, mm -hmm. and like, I mean, I love movies like the strangers where like, there is no connection between the killers, but when it's a mystery that you're trying to solve throughout the course yeah, of the film, it was definitely painted that way. Right. right? It's you like, and the whole, I mean, the whole premise, like the, I know what you did last summer. It makes you think this person like is no, really no. connected to you in some way, shape or form. And ultimately it's just like, okay, like how, random guy, like a bunch of red herrings thrown at you that aren't mm -hmm. like even really good. And like, like Kyle said, yeah, you would never be time. able to like, yeah guess or anything like that i just yeah i i thought it was thought it was fine again i gave it a higher rating than i expected because i had such little expectations for it but <laughs> I, okay i'll say that i think sarah michelle geller is like an amazing screen queen in that movie 
Like her her shrieks and just like oh. the way she reacts to situations is like the best out of like it's like the best I've seen in a long time. That's one of my qualms with the movie is that I think Helen should have survived. I think she's a better final girl than Julie. Well, you know, I mean, I know she did last summer. It really plays into like the whole morality stuff of like these like final girl movies. So, I mean, it makes sense. But yeah, I, I I'd agree. Did you know that that uh, I don't again? I don't know the fact behind this. Um, I don't know why it is what it was. But like the iconic scene, and I know what you did last summer was directed by a child. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt oh, screaming in the streets yeah, yeah. scene was directed yep. by a kid. Yeah, I did read that. that Speaking of, pretty cool. It's just like. One of the, that scene bothered me because like she opens the trunk of the car and there's like a dead body with crabs everywhere and the body's yeah. wet and like 15 seconds later it's <laughs> empty know. and yeah. I'm just like that's so cheap dude like <laughs> it's so stupid when you do something like that like there's no like, I don't take the movie seriously because you're not taking me seriously as like a viewer as someone who's consuming the movie you're being like ah, this guy doesn't give a shit like, oh shit yeah <laughs> where's do the body go the truck was empty do we want to get into the sins of the movie at all then oh sure no? yeah because uh i think that the like uh the the plot armor was super thick with our final two characters yeah. like he caught the dude like knocked him out and then just left him there while he chased her onto the boat uh, and then <laughs> on top of that, like when she was finally escaping that, I, I think one of my favorites, my probably my favorite scene uh, in like creepy scene was when Julie is getting chased. Um, and it's like when she gets captured, when she gets knocked out and she's like running to it's before when she's running to the uh, the crowd. Uh, it's like that crowd's right there. Scream and get some people to like look at you. But she like turns around because like, she left the guy in the building and then she turns around again and he's right in front of her. And it's like, how did he get there? Is he a spirit? Like, like at that point I was like, he's, he's a magician. Yeah. I also didn't really, what do you, how, what did you feel about the ending? Like the literal final scene? Is that something that mm-hmm. you like in a movie or is that something that bothers you in a movie? And to clarify, it's basically like leaving it entirely open-ended because the killer's back at the end. I think that a lot of like these horror films with like slashers especially have to have that last final scene and I'm okay with it. I think like to go back and be like but not everything's okay like is is a typical movie ending for a horror film like a like a Friday the 13th or even anything like that like it was it was par for the course in my yeah. opinion. I I'm I'm with the one like it didn't bother me. But if somebody said I didn't like I don't like that, I'd be like, oh, OK, I, I kind of get it. Yeah, I didn't have a visceral reaction to it one way or another. I just I know it's a particular kind of ending, I guess. But the actors were attractive. They were good looking people. It's probably why it was so yeah. successful. Yeah, I, Everybody was hot. I, I was 12 when the movie came out. So that oh, was yeah. like uh, formative years. Um yeah, that's Kenny fair. Spank Bank had Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> I mean, who's yeah. in it, Kenny? Right, yeah. mine. I didn't know. Okay, those you're back a babby. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's too, I was too, too young for that. Too pure for that world. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. It's a perfectly fine movie, but like, 
I think we've talked about it enough. Yeah, hey, we, we for our number, for our number ten movie, we can keep talking. We're going in depth on these, man. Let's chill out. We're we are fine. an hour and a half, though. It's not even yeah, who's, less who's, than an hour. And who's 20. editing this podcast? One of us, both of us, mostly you. You'll be all right. <laughs> All right, let's move on there. Uh, it is my number eight movie now, and I've lost my list. Where'd it go? Um, my number eight movie is... Oh, I might disappoint some people here. It also makes me... I kind of want to swap it, but I'm not going to. Saw. Number eight oh. movie is Saw. Oh, yeah, that's surprising, man. I mean, it was Kenny's what, what 10. Was rated? Why when Kenny what said it rated? 10, everybody's like, all right, cool. When I said it was my I, eight, no, 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 what no. is happening? Oh my no, God! Come up and I've all, Kenny and I have had our qualms for weeks now. <laughs> okay, weeks now. I will say I messaged Kenny. Everything. Kenny, what the hell? Everything in my eight spot and above is a three and a half or greater. So we're all talking sevens out of tens plus at this point. Oh, same for but me. But again, that that's not surprising to any of us. <laughs> Kyle yeah. just said same for him. Why? You know what? All right. It's surprising for me. Kyle, what's your number seven? <laughs> Uh, my number seven is a movie. Is a movie I liked. Uh, I probably will never watch again. We mentioned it's not even really a horror movie, but that's Green Room. Yep, that's fair. Hey, you know what? Me too. My number seven is also Green Room. My number seven. Well, do you guys? Are you guys just gonna not share your ratings anymore? Like, what? What's it's happening? A, Why do I have to uh, hold on? Why do you have Sorry. to coax that I, out of everybody? <laughs> I gave I gave Green Room a four. Wow. Four. Wow. So everything above. Wow, you only up. rate movies so high. <laughs> uh, hold nah. on, Kenny, that might not be true. Uh, no, there was a movie higher than it that I did not rate a four. <laughs> I wrote it. I rated lower than it. What the? I hell? gave Green Room three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, my number seven is Ghost Watch, and I gave it three. Ugh, three stars. That's fine. My number seven is Green Room. And I gave it a three and a half and contemplated swapping it last minute between Saw. But uh, I think they're fine where they are. Saw's a better horror movie, but uh, I think Green Room was just in general more well made, more entertaining. Uh, yeah, I get we'll get I we'll talk. About there are moments room, in Saw that that, that that elevate it above the Green acting Room is terrible. I guess yeah, right. That's that's really the, the complaint <laughs> is like there are moments that are really good. There's also a couple like plot holes. They're like, what? and the acting is just mad. We'll we'll get it to more later. What's your number six? My number six is the movie that I gave a three and a half. Um, I did not look at my letterbox when I made these rankings, so maybe I just need to rethink my rankings or the ratings. Uh, but it's the Too ring. Late. The ring. I have a ring number at three six. and a half, but it's higher than Green Room at four stars. <laughs> I'm surprised you gave Green Room four. To be fair, I think I gave Green Room four initially, and then after like a week. When I was like, what did I watch last week? Oh, yeah, I watched The Green Room. I didn't remember that at all. I put it down to like a three and a half. I was like, it's very that, that's forgettable. Probably where I, I would probably be more likely to change Green Room to three and a half than bump the ring up to a four. Yeah. Green Room is good. It's just it's very forgettable, in my opinion. We'll talk more about that later. Kenny. Uh, Kyle and I are on the same page again. The ring was also my number six. Wow, Kenny and Kyle are just on the same they page. They really are. Yeah. If me and Kenny were on the same team for the draft, it would have been... <laughs> no, because Kenny yeah. would have wanted Ghostwatch. Right. And... I, I wouldn't have fought for Ghostwatch. <laughs> wow, okay, <laughs> alright, never mind. I hate, I hate it here. <laughs> um, my number six is Green Room, and I think that's the final 
Oh, time cream. It's always you, Doolin. And I gave it a three and a half. Always you. I gave it a three and a half. That's just because it's only because Doolin didn't watch Happy Death Day. So all these movies it's, are it's a one rating lower than they should have been. <laughs> we would have talked yeah. about them next time. Yeah, so Green Room's a fun enough movie, I guess. Yep. I agree. It's not even fun. It's uh, gr- very gruesome. I think it's pretty fun. I, would, I was entertained. It's Yeah, it's entertaining, but it's it's not a fun movie. It's, like, gruesome. Yeah. And if if you, It's real, like, right? Like It, it turns, and, sure. like, someone else has the upper hand. You're like, yeah! It's like... Mm. Sure. I love the acting. I was gonna say lot. it's really well acted, in my opinion, too. Yeah. I like the brutality of the movie. Like the some of the deaths that just happened so so quickly, and like I mean, that's yeah. like probably what it'd be like oh in real God. life. But it's just like just it was just I was really surprised that they didn't drag stuff out. It was just like, oh, this guy's dead. This guy's dead. This girl's dead. Oh, let's run away. What about know? the duct tape on the dude's arm? Yeah. Tape brutal. side down. I was like, ugh. <laughs> That's, that's, that's awful <laughs> when they go to take that off it's gonna rip your skin right off your arm <laughs> just like please god no thank you duct tape on my cut no thank you <laughs> you really feel like you're in that room because the true. panic that sets in mm. oh which i think is where the horror element comes in it because like that's what you get from horror movies right is the anxiety and like the panic and you do feel that when they're in the room and they're just trying to plan a way to get out and they're like if we don't get out of here, we're dead. And if we get out of here, then we're dead. Right. So it's like, <laughs> that was, uh, and you're like dealing with like real life monsters. Again, one of the things that I, that always scares me more than like ghosts or anything is like things that could really happen. Like these people exist. Like this could, could happen. Right. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I really like the, uh, punk rock aesthetic of the movie. Yeah. Like me you too. don't see a lot of movies do take on that feel and try to like be really authentic with it too. Like they don't try to like, you know, <laughs> show this shit like at a good Charlotte show or something. Like this is like crusty um, gutter punks uh, that yeah. they're portraying here. Yeah. And I think it's yeah, really punk. it is, it is punk. Yeah. Punk. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I thought that was really cool. I was, uh, I didn't look at the cast list at all. And when Patrick Stewart showed up, I was like, what the, what? <laughs> Where did you come, Patrick Stewart? Is that, is that Patrick to be sure. Yeah. Welcome one. And he was like <laughs> the bad guy, and I was like, oh, okay, very bad guy. Yeah. This is um, this is one of my biggest fears in life because um, I, I love Emily to death, but one thing I tell her that she's awful with in real life is that she stares down strangers too often. Like when she's like, they're acting strange. Um, and she'll just like keep looking at them, and like I, she's like, Josh, like you need to see this. I'm like Emily, I see that, and we need to look the other way and go the other way. <laughs> and, and like I know, like if there's a, if I'm gonna die in a gruesome way, it's because Emily's looking at something she shouldn't, <laughs> and we witness something we shouldn't. And I'm like, gosh, dang it, I tried to get us to leave. <laughs> so this is this was my nightmare, a real fear for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. Uh, I do want to say uh, maybe I'm just an idiot. Well, in fact, I know that's true. Um, but when the movie ended, I was like, the room wasn't even green. And uh, <laughs> a coworker explained to me that the green room is what they call the room before you go on stage. And I was like, oh, huh. yeah. Do you want not watch the NFL draft at all? No, not really. No, I like the f- oh. I like football. I don't care about watching people in their oh, the, suits get on stage and say 
hey, I'm playing for this team until I'm not. That's fine, whatever. Oh well, yeah. I I just know I know the green room because that's what the where the players. Stay. Nor do I watch so Saturday I Night from. Live or any talk show. Like I think that's where it stemmed from was like a late night talk show host thing. Uh, and so I was actually genuinely confused when the movie ended. I was like, why was it called the green room? And then a coworker was like, you're stupid. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that that explains yeah, a lot. I, I get it. Look, I get it. I'm sheltered. I guess I'm not really. But what a what a mean coworker. Well, you know. No, not really. He's pretty. He's pretty great. Pretty good guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's green room. Our collective number nine as a total. Our collective number nine. But I mean, I was gonna say we're all the way up to number. This five. is honestly really. This it's not even. It's not our collective number nine. That's not how this works <laughs> because it's just the last person to say one. It's gonna, <laughs> no, because my yeah. number one is gonna be our collective number one, and none of you all. <laughs> I'm advocating against it, okay? <laughs> but that's okay. We could we could add up all the numbers and find out, but that's, that's a lot you of know, work. You all might be surprised. You all might be surprised. Uh, my number six, 109876, is the ring. Everyone's in agreement, but you, Doolin. I gave it Don't worry. a three and a half. <laughs> it got a three and a half from me. We all thought the ring was number six. Very consistent. What's your number five, Kyle? Uh, my number five is a movie that kind of surprised me, uh, and that is a, the four-star movie, The Witch. Number five? What is your top movie? That's too low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Boys. so confused for, for Kyle right now. Boys. I really like The Witch. It's number five. It's a good movie list. We had some good ones. Even Josh picks were good. <sighs> wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Kenny. My number five, I gave it four stars. I, I liked it quite a lot, and that is Ghost Watch. Hey, thank you, Kenny. I really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. You're the only one that went in with an open mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, you're wrong about the movie, Kyle, but I I'm fell kidding. asleep during it, and I restarted it. That's how committed I was to it. Man. You know what? That's honestly a testament to the movie, because that's... Never mind. We'll talk about it later. Uh, Doolin, what's your number five? My number five is The Ring at three and a half stars. Hey, yo, time to talk about The Ring. What an iconic movie. It is. I remember seeing The Ring when I was a teenager, and it freaked me out a lot. Um, and I haven't seen it since. Um, and what really struck me, this this watch around, is I was really struck by the imagery. Just like, I think that's like one of the strongest points of the movie. Just like the disturbing imagery and just like how they make stuff scary. Without it being like, you know, relying on too much on jump scares. There are jump scares, but like the, the, a lot of the other just creepiness and knees is prayed from those, the, the, the disturbing imagery. Um, I was just really struck by like this time around, just the melodramatic acting, like, or just the melodramatic feel of it. It was just, I, I don't know if any of you else got that, but I was just like, wow, this is just like so, this doesn't feel real. Uh, you know what I mean? I can. I can understand that. I don't think that I, if I, if I noticed that in the movie, it wasn't apparent enough to really bother me or pull me out of it. Um, I can definitely think of scenes where, especially the main actress, though, I think she did a good job. There were like a couple of times where it's just like overdrawn, just mm-hmm. like just the way she speaks or something. It's like, it definitely feels like a melodrama, almost like you're watching something yes. like that. Um, so I, I totally get what you're saying. I don't think it really 
bothered me personally. I every time I say that, and I'm like, really I need to say something else. Me. I know I can't. Every time I say that, my mind just instantly. <laughs> I think you should so leave. Ingrained. It really is. It really is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will say that it did not bother me either. And uh, the only movie that really has bothered me with like overacting is the Possession movie that we we watched. So, <laughs> oh goodness. But yeah, I don't think the acting was bad, but in terms of like stylistically, the kind of like I feel there's a clash with the movie in terms of like how the acting was portrayed or just like how the situations were set up versus like how the horror was portrayed. Like it's very just like at odds with each other. Um, I don't know. That's kind of like a big takeaway I took this time around. I like that the demon uh, was really in to like avant garde experimental filmmaking. Um, I I really liked that. I was like, wow, this this demon gets me. Like that movie gets a five out of five. The demons film, four favorites on Letterboxd. If it was made like nowadays, it would have it would be on YouTube and it'd be like, please like and subscribe at the very end. (laughs) Yeah, it's too bad they had a couch like that five star movie in that in a. I know PG thirteen yeah. horror movie. Release huh. release the Samara cut. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see that. Is that her name? Samara? I don't even remember her name. Samara yeah. sounds right. Um, yeah, I I did like the twist as well at the end. Um, that was something that caused it to be a little bit higher than some <laughs> yeah. of the others. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I I thought it was interesting that I I thought you know she was gonna die. Like I thought the main character was gonna die still. I didn't think that she necessarily resolved the situation, but the fact that no, actually she resolved the situation, but instead this girl is not a victim. She's actually this monster that's going to like kill everyone. <laughs> uh, and it, it, she, you've actually released See, her. So, and um, I think that is a perfect example of like a movie that uses its ending to set up sequels in a frightening and effective way, as opposed to something yeah. like I, uh, I almost said, I think you should leave. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I know what you did last summer, where it just like jump scare end movie, like you know it's back, whereas like the ring mm. like it it opens up the door for sequels and at the same time is like genuinely frightening, like you're like, oh, okay, this girl's like to save herself, she's dooming other people, that's just like the way it mm-hmm. is, um, but she has to to save herself and her son, and it's it's terrifying, and there's like it works on a meta level too, is like you as audience are watching this right, and yeah. You know, and like you, the last thing you see is the 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 static on the screen uh-huh. before the credits roll. Yeah, yeah, that works. And you may I tell feel. other people to watch it. I do remember it's been it's been a bit since I've watched it. It was a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, I think. But I remember the ring being pretty well shot. Like I was surprised that a movie from uh, 2002 was. I mean, I'm not saying that. I mean, we've all seen 2001: A Space Odyssey. Like, I'm not saying that old movies can't be shot well, but like a horror movie horror mystery movie from 2002 like early 2000s i was just surprised that it i thought it looked really nice um that like it it was it was pretty it was cinematic like the shots were interesting and not just low budget grade type stuff so i was pretty impressed by that yeah i think i think especially because a lot of horror movies at that time like saw really have a very distinct style and i think like ring got away from doing stuff like that so yeah agreed I do want to say that because Kyle mentioned in, I don't know if it was on a podcast or not. I think it was on the saw podcast about how the ring had like, like less than 5% of it was scary or whatever it was. I don't know. I'm not even trying to misquote you there. I don't know what you said. Um, 
I didn't. I did think it was pretty scary, but I'm already mentioned this. I think that the scares are very jump scary, and they are not only visual, but an assault on the ears with like the noise that they pair with that jump scare. That I almost felt like there was no way it wasn't gonna jump scare me because it's just so loud <laughs> every time they do that. I was mm-hmm. like, this is not really like earned. Like I, I guess most people, some people would say jump scares aren't ever earned. Like that's the point of jump scares, and I guess, I guess whatever. But these in particular scared me. But at the same time, I was like, that's stupid that that scared me. Like it was just because it was freaking loud. Like <laughs> it scared me because it was so loud, <laughs> and I'm bothered by I, that. I want to add and just say that like I am a I've always been a bit a fan of like found footage, same. staticky, yeah. like gr- like weird film stuff like that like i got really into uh with jash actually he got me into it marble hornets which was like the slenderman era uh i don't know if you guys ever got into like uh online not movies but like web-based series that were horror themed i never did really i have a i really like those julian can i recommend a movie to you um Oh no! Is it Skin and No, I mean I. Oh, okay. I would. I gen- whatever. I genuinely recommend Skin and to everyone. I'm not I'm, saying people I'm, would like I, it. I'm worried that it would terrify me. I'm, I'm legit worried I might leave I scarred. I'm not if I watch. I it recommend it. I recommend you check it out. But the movie that I want you to check out in particular is called "We're All Going to the World's Fair." Okay. So is it found footage? Stuff uh, like it's that? not found footage. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. I watched this almost a year ago, probably um okay no it was not that long ago but it was in march i watched this in march um and it's not even like super horror and i'm sorry to derail the podcast but you mentioned talking about like internet things like we're all going to the world's fairs about a girl that gets like caught up in an internet horror forum and kind of like how that overtakes Mm. her basically um i just think since you and jash have that history with diving into those things and being like into that i would be very at least i'll watch it maybe yeah i'd be very curious to see what you think about that at least you'll have a chance of watching it for sure josh will get around to it in 2043 uh okay the <laughs> next movie it's actually on my list and i keep moving my list because i'm doing something else um my next movie is happy death day which i thought was a very good movie i liked it a lot more than i thought i would and we'll talk about it more when we get around to it but i gave it a three and a half teetering on four uh for me i thought happy death day was was quite good kyle uh my number four is happy death day uh four star movie kyle we did it again happy that day is also <laughs> my number four I, i'm also, beginning to think that kenny didn't make a list he's copying <laughs> kyle. <laughs> I, I also got i also get four stars so. okay that's really cool that you guys have similar tastes like that hey i was just right behind them on happy death day okay we're all we're all there close i'd be curious to see if you watched it i think it'd probably fall in about the same vein i think this is a really fun movie that is really solid and good but not fantastic like i would bet it would fall in your top six and out of your top three I would expect like six, five, four, one of those rankings for you. Um, we can talk about it now because Doolin hadn't seen it. I don't know how spoiler we want to get if we want to not spoil it for Doolin, but really it's a movie that's really fun. Go for and it. It doesn't really, it doesn't really hinge on its spoilers. Like there's no real plot twist. At least I didn't think so. I've seen Groundhog Day. It's fine. Yeah. What do you all think about Happy Death Day? 
it's a very clever movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think the writing is very smart in the scenario design, uh, and couching like the Groundhog Day concept concept within a horror movie. Literally like calling perfect, it out. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It was surprising to me, right? Like I thought it was going to be like some just stupid horror movie that was just like cheap to make, and they were just hoping to be a, like a box office smasher. I don't know. It was just it really impressed me when I watched it because yeah. I didn't think it was dumb. I thought it was going to be dumb. And it was just really smart. The twist I thought was good. It's one I did not see coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it just it was just impressive. I think it um affected my score actually. Like I think having a low standard for it and then it being like, wow, that was actually yeah. really enjoyable. Like kind of affected me in a positive way. Well, I think it's similar to I know what you did last summer, which still was my lowest rated, but like I I had such little expectations that it, it elevated it. Uh, and I think a lot of the same for Happy Death Day, Death Day for me as well. Now, whether that's because I thought the movie would be bad or because I was just pissed at Jash and didn't want to watch it, but it was still good. Uh, I really liked it. Um, I thought the acting was actually really great. And I think it's it's really a triumph and a testament to the movie, in my opinion, because I didn't really jive with the first half. Um, like the second half of the movie is way better. The first half's fine. It's perfectly enjoyable. It's just not really into it and it, it has to set up the groundhog day stuff right it has to set up the payoff um and i thought it was really a, a testament again to the movie that like at the end of the day i was like yo tree is dope like she's cool because you start like not liking her or at least i did like yeah you just it yeah. starts off and you're like this girl really. is awful and then at the end of the movie you're like hell yeah tree like all right not only are you a cool character, but you also they also named you Tree, and I still like you. Like, that's pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, she had, like, a really good, like, arc, arc right. as a character, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you, she started being, like, pretty trashy to, like, to someone who's very likable, so. Yeah, totally agreed. Just like Groundhog Day. Never seen it. Yeah, yeah. actually, true. Yeah, yeah, true. Is they, was it the final scene where they called out Groundhog Day? Or was it, I don't even, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> I think yeah, it was, like, like real close po- to the end of the movie. Right before the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And also, uh, I forget his name, but the main guy actor, good, charming. You wanted to root for him. You had the moment where she had to do something to get him back. Um. Without, I mean, it's pretty spoilery, but without going super deep into it. Um. And I thought that was really good. It was really sweet. Oh, and I mentioned this in my review into you all earlier. I did not have Happy Death Day will make me cry on my bingo card, but it did. I cried in Happy Death Day. I'm I'm a crier though, so like it doesn't mean a lot. But when she <laughs> what what scene? Uh, when she was with yeah. her dad. Um, yeah, when she had a conversation with her dad, it got to me pretty good. I was like, oh, it's really sweet and sad. Uh, and I I started crying during Happy Death Day. Who would have thought? Not me. Did he Did he cry, Kyle? Uh, no, I did not cry. Mm. I did not cry. For shame. You all have no feelings I, or yeah. emotions. Uh, maybe yeah. cry. Maybe I cried in uh in one of my top three. Uh, Doolin, what's your number five? Uh, four. 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 Uh, my number four is the Babadook or okay. Duke. The Babadook. Yeah, I thought it was Babadook, but they said Babadook. I also Babadook. thought it was Babadook or Duke, and then they say Babadook, Duke, Duke, and I was like, Duke, oh, Duke. oh, okay. Apparently, it's Duke. Yeah, and I gave this one a three and a half as well. It was teetering on. I, we'll get into why. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, well. Drunk. Doolin, my number four was also the Baba Duke. Drunk. Okay. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> what's your number three? 
Uh, my number three is uh, Saw. Drunk. <laughs> Drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. No, no, it's you and Dulai. Uh, my number three is the witch. What, what, what rating did you give Saw, Kyle? A uh, four. Okay. I think I gave Babadook four also, just to let you know. What did you give Babadook, Dulin? Uh, three and a half. The witch, Kenny's number three. Dulin. My number three. Yeah, what'd you give the witch, Kenny? God, so many people here. Kyle Doolin, Kenny? Uh, Four and a half stars. Wow, so your top three is all four and a half or greater. My top three are all four and a half. Nice. Nice. My number three is my first four star or higher, and this is Midsommar at four stars. All right. My number three. Might be surprising to you. It's Ghostwatch. Ooh, I am shocked it. that it's that high. You're right. <laughs> oh my god. I I'm hate. absolutely flabbergasted. I hate all of you. <laughs> yeah, Ghostwatch, uh, I mean, I'll, we're going to dive into it with everyone, but I'll give my spiel real quick because it actually is the highest rated movie on my entire list, um, which I placed at five stars. And I mentioned this to Kyle earlier. I don't know if this was post-recording or pre-recording, It'd be kind of fun to talk about because um, there is like a discrepancy, Kyle. You kind of mentioned it with another thing sometime as far as like what you rate things and how you how much you like them. We talked about this in the discord, too. I really recommend you join the discord if you haven't already. We have a a lively chat there for board game box office and movies in general. Um, But I was looking back at scary movie ratings for me and almost all of the five stars are older movies, like almost every single one of them. I think there, I think REC might be my only five star rated horror movie that is like past the 1990s or something like that, um, which is not necessarily a good thing. And maybe we, it shows my like uh, skewed assessment of movies when they're older. I think you have um, bias for classics. I think I do, too. And I don't not, I'm not saying that's a good thing by any means, but a lot of it is I think that like they were working with less. And so it's like really exciting to see what they did when they were working with less. Um, And I think modern movies have so much more at their disposal that like they may be more effective and scary or better. But when compared to like the thing from 1982 or obviously not in everyone's opinion, but in my opinion, Ghostwatch from 1992, they are like real diamonds from that point in time as far as like i can't believe they did this um and so for me ghost watch is a five-star film it genuinely scared me uh, obviously not everyone feels that way but i definitely felt like scared at points during ghost watch i think it was incredibly effective inventive um and like i can only imagine the fear as a kid if i would have seen that on the tv um, but even still, as a 29-year-old going back to watch it, knowing what it is and what it was, it got to me for sure, and I was very impressed with it. Um, big, huge fan of Ghostwatch. Massive surprise for me for a movie that I literally had never heard of until like late September when someone recommended it to me. I thought it was fantastic. Um, as a person like it, probably the, the next most, because I, I gave it four stars. I, I, it's a movie I, I really admire for what it did. Um, I, I really appreciate that they, it, it allowed itself to be boring so that it could be exciting, if you know yeah, what I mean. absolutely. Did it ever get there, though? Well, it, I think, yeah, I think so. I think, I think, like, the last 30 minutes are really great. 
because um, I think like it with one thing it does really well is it sells the auth- auth- authenticity of it of like uh, of a live broadcast mm-hmm. airing something like you know uh, something of this nature where you know anything could happen um, and I think they sell that really well and I think they also do a really good job of just sprinkling in these creepy moments that you may not catch yes, right? like there's, a, there's so like, this many really, of them yeah there's one moment like i really liked where like she's basically just standing in front of like a screen like the glass door and you know in the in the reflection you you see the the killer the, the ghost in the house um pretty you know fairly clearly but it's one of those things like you think back in the 90s like people you know imagine watching that and you see the that oh. quick flash and, and the how 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 cool that'd be or scary that could be um you know now we have like the technology like to rewind and go oh look at that but i mean just in, in terms of how this was aired this was like i really think it's really quite something and i think it's really ahead of its time in terms of like yeah. uh kind of like a found footage type thing like i i think like a big part of the reason like uh i gave it like the rating i did is because i appreciate what it did i appreciate it as a um a concept and for being kind of like ahead of its time it's not a movie I think I would watch again. Um, it's not a movie like I enjoyed all the way through because like like there are like big boring chunks of it, but I think like it has to be boring in spots to like make it feel to sell its feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. Um, one of the things that you mentioned the 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 things that you notice in the background, and one thing that I wanted to point out, which is not really that, but it reminded me of it is when they are taking calls from the audience and showing the clip from her bedroom and they literally just like straight up lie to you by showing you the same clip twice one with the ghosts like superimposed in the background that's very clear that you can see and then again without the ghost and it really just like makes you wonder if what you're seeing is real and i can imagine obviously if you were watching it live on tv like you would be freaking out like wait it was there a second ago and now it's not like you're like I saw the yeah. ghost in the corner and now it's gone and no one else on the audience like no one on the, the the TV show is seeing it they're like oh I think it's just a shadow and but like you clearly saw it a moment ago and it was like really messing with you like stuff like that I just think that they were incredibly inventive um, at doing unique and new and exciting things um, and I just don't know how, I mean, I know how it's because it's, it's, I guess a UK phenomenon for the most part, but I don't know how I had never heard of this film. Cause to me, like Kenny said, it is so far ahead of its time, um, that I'm shocked that like, it's not more well-known. I, I am the next highest. I gave, I gave it a three, which for me is like, I liked it. Um, I think the reason that I appreciated it, um, is for all the things that you guys had said where I, I I like the the job they did and the fact that they went for what they did because I think there's there's probably a good chance that if I were to hear people pitching this, especially then, I would think everyone watching this is gonna be like Kyle. Um, everyone's gonna hate this. Um and I I don't know. I, I left it I in the same vein as when I was growing up, I thought the um the whole uh war of the worlds uh reading on radio and how people were in a panic over that like uh i was really interested in that type of history as a kid but i think in my opinion like as as i was watching this having known that um like like this was 
a big thing for people in the UK. I almost appreciate the history of the movie more than I appreciate the movie. Um, and I think that it, it is dated. Um, and I think, I, I don't know. I just kept watching it and thinking, I wish that somebody would do something like this now. <laughs> like I, I wish that there was a direct to um, LEX 18 news, which is what, <laughs> where we get our, our news here in, in Kentucky. Uh, like it would just pop up and uh, the, uh, the, the, the LEX 18 hosts would be starting the movie off and we just wouldn't really know. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I thought this, I appreciate it, but maybe I just appreciate the history more than the movie itself. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I don't think something like this will, will ever happen again in terms of like, it probably won't. Yeah. I, I think, think like the internet's too pervasive yeah. and people are too cynical to, to really fall for something like that. So, um, are you kidding me? We fall for fake news all the freaking time. Well, yeah. <laughs> Some people Fair. will. But there was also just genuinely a lot of backlash on this movie. Like, there was a lot of people that, like, I mean, you can look into the history of this and attribute it all you want. Like, some people attribute, like, a death to this movie because someone committed suicide because they thought that goes for real after watching this. Now, whether you want to attribute that to this movie or that person having problems prior to is another story. But, like, People associate that with this, and it has a lot of like negative connotation in history. And I don't think they've ever aired it again, as far as I'm aware. Um, I will say, Kyle, Kyle does have a point. Uh, like, and and whoever said we're really cynical is is also right because like we we just had this happen recently where Congress was like, "Hey guys, aliens are real," and we're like, "We can't afford gas to get to our <laughs> job." Um. We don't care. Cares, yeah, <laughs> like, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> like, like all of us heard that we were like, yeah, mm, we have bigger fish to fry right now. <laughs> I do think that the uh, the un not unironic, but the I don't know the use of glory hole in the movie is hilarious. So so funny to me. They use it so. I know he was just down in the glory hole doing his pictures. <laughs> You're just like, oh my god. <laughs> All right, Kyle. All right. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I think we've spent way too much time on this movie, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> Why is it a problem? Everything this is a movie podcast, <laughs> no, 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 Kyle. You, no, Why is it a Matt, problem we're talk, talking about movies? You just talked for 20 minutes. Let me say my 30 seconds of peace. <laughs> as soon as I start talking. Uh, the problem with this movie, the reason I gave it one and a half stars is because of everything you guys said. That's the only reason it's not a zero. The only reason is because of the historical stuff it had and the in innovativeness and the fact that it scared people. I don't care. It would have scared me as a four year old in 1992. That does nothing for me now. I don't know how Max said it was legitimately scary. I, I thought it was like watching a boring old home movie. The girl actor was not believable. Uh, her having a singular scratch on her face did nothing to affect me. I, I don't know. I just thought it was like a nothing burger of enjoyment. <laughs> I really did. I would. That's, a, that's my spiel. I would talk more, but I'm not allowed. What's your number two favorite movie, Kyle? <laughs> what? No, no, no. Hold on. I want to go back. What else could you have to say about Ghostwatch? <laughs> nothing. I have nothing else to say about Ghostwatch. What's your number two, Kyle? Oh, I made Max mad. Uh, my number two is the Babadook. The Babadook is that? Is that our final? Yeah, everyone's talked about the Babadook already. 
Everyone's or we've all we've all pulled it out what, already. What would you give the Babadook, Kyle? Uh four. Four. Uh so the Babadook, uh I thought the first half I thought it was like a really, really good movie. Um I was enjoying the heck out of it. I was like really creeped out by like the the nature of the monster and like I don't know the picture bookness of it and like it showing it as like a cartoon was like really creepy to me. Um mm. but really what sold me on the movie as being awesome was that back half. Um kind of the the torture the son was feeling from an absentee mom um really what created the monster um the torture the mom was feeling from having to be a single parent losing her husband all of that stuff really sat with me um this is the one that like made me cry just like thinking about like the pain the mom must feel the pain the son must feel and it's neither of their fault and it st- it created this monster that was like going to kill both of them if they didn't figure it out um so it was just one of those more deeper horror movies something that i took a lot away from being a parent um the mom flipping out on her kid for really no good reason like i've been there uh just like you're having a bad day thinking about stuff that sucks and your kid does something that's annoying and you lose it um so that that also sat with me and it's just like man it was just a a really refreshing take on a horror movie, I thought. And um, if you want to look at it on a surface level, uh, without going into that that deepness of it, uh, I still thought it was pretty good. I still thought the the Babadook monster was very scary. I thought it was one of the more scarier movies on the list, as we mentioned before, uh, prior. Mm. So uh, I just really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think you're right on it. And I, I think the way I kept thinking about it as I watched this film was that the style of the of the the book and the creepiness was. Like even even in the colors used in the movie the, the whole time or the lack of colors and yeah times, it was very dark uh, it was it was really well done and really creepy um I I gave this a three and a half stars and I think if you check my letterbox review I literally say this is a four and a half movie and it gets minus one point because of the dog scene I just can't stand that like I hated <laughs> I hated that so much but it's a really good movie. Yeah, I like the Babadook a lot. I think Kyle said pretty much everything. Uh, some people say that like the the monster is like cartoony, which it it kind of is. Like it's not seeing the monster is not particularly scary, right? Like the monster itself does not appear as frightening. Um, but like it didn't pull me out of the movie in any way, shape, or form. And I think that just the effectiveness of that mother son relationship of the the trauma and the back and forth of like just inescapable harming each other. Like, well, I mean the kid is a kid, so I shouldn't even attribute that to much, but like they are just like at each other's throats because of nothing. And it's like really hard to, to get through. Like I was very affected by this film. Like Mm -hmm. it really bothered me. <laughs> like I was my stomach was like unsettled like I'm just sitting here watching this and I'm like dude this is like she yelled at her son eight yeah, times it really bothered me <laughs> it's just it's genuinely um upsetting uh and then I think that I don't know if I mentioned this in my review or not but um the end of the movie I thought was really well done I thought the the way that they hide away the trauma and mm-hmm. deal with it it doesn't go yeah. away it'll always it'll be there. always mm-hmm. be there it's always yeah. present it's a matter of learning how to live with it 
than it leaving. And I think that's really applicable in many different things as far as trauma goes, whether that be death or whether that be, which in this case um, it was, but it's just, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And the ending kind of sold it. Like I was already really sold on something. I liked it a lot. I think I gave it a four, maybe even a four and a half. I don't recall. Um, I think it was just a four, but I liked it a lot. And uh, it, it really, it really stuck with me both during the movie and throughout really, I don't know, effective in my opinion. I gave it a three. I, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Uh, I think like, I think my problem with this is a bit on the nose. Like I think like theme wise and just like, like the movie establishes what it's going to, what the movie is about in like the first two minutes. Right. Um, so I think it, it left, didn't leave a lot of room for interpretation or kind of discovery. Um, which is like, I think like in a movie, like a more cerebral, um, horror movie like this, I think I would have liked more. Um, but mm-hmm. I do think like the acting was really good. I think like the, the main performance by the, the main actress yeah, was I agree. great. I think like the son too, you know, he really hit those notes, the notes of being annoying. Oh, yeah. He hit those notes mm-hmm. perfectly in the first 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> yep. I think that... <laughs> and it was very, it was very triggering. <laughs> right. Like, it, uh, yeah. It's just like, oh man, I, I I feel for that the that mother right now. I think that's part of the effectiveness of the film is that like the the opening thirty minutes, he is awful, and it like puts you in the yeah. mom's shoes, and you're like, oh yeah. my god. And then as and the movie so goes patient. on, you're like, I'm the baddie. I was also really mad at the kid, and you're like, the kid <laughs> just like flips the switch, and now you're like, dang it, it did exactly what it should have. It made me upset with the child, and then it made me realize that I was the problem. <laughs> it's just like, I think it, I think it was really effective at making you feel bad about it. But yeah, uh, good, good movie. Um, not my favorite though. Fair enough. All right, Kenny, what is your second favorite movie? My second favorite movie is Drag Me to Hell. It's not, it's on someone, not on someone's list yet, so I can't talk about it, but I'm excited that it's on someone else's list higher than mine. Oh, no. I'm excited <laughs> about what that means for your number one, which is fantastic. What'd you give Drag Me to Hell? Four and a half? Okay. Uh, four and a half, yeah. My number two is... So here's, here's, <laughs> here's the problem. Happy Death Day. My number two... Happy Death Day. ...was the... One of the scariest films I've ever seen, like in terms of creepiness, in terms of setting, it just it really bothered me. And that was The Witch <laughs> at four so stars. Much. Oh my god, <laughs> it's crazy how much we've said that. I think I count for seventy percent of it. Okay, great. The Witch. We can talk about it because it is my number two. <laughs> the Witch. Great. Oh, I had it the highest. Well, you and me both. Max did. Oh, okay. You had yeah. it at number two. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, just put it down there as my number two. And I kind of struggled with which one to put in my first spot. We'll talk about that See, later. Yeah, that's the thing is like I, I had The Witch or Midsummer as number mm-hmm. two, but I think The Witch is scarier while Mid or like a more horror film while Midsummer is maybe a better film. Hmm. If yeah, that makes sense. Enough. But all right, let's talk about The Witch. Doolin, you, you were about to talk, so go ahead and start up your talk there real quick. Oh man. Even just this, like this, the whole setting idea. I don't know what it is about, like sixteen hundreds, old, like it already puts me in this, yeah, really like uneasy feeling. But like just seeing what they had, like the family themselves, they're squishy. 
Like they, 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 they at one point there's a little <laughs> boy, characters. like twelve years, twelve year old boy who is walking through this forbidden forest with a giant rifle, and I'm like, he's dead. Like there's no chance any of these people survive this encounter, and it was just you know the whole movie is intense, and you're just waiting for the inevitable because in the 1600s. They they don't have a phone to call the police. They don't have a cavalry that will get called to come and save them. They don't have anything that we have, even though those things that we have are probably just false comforts for me. Um, but this film, ugh, I don't know. Somebody else take over. It just it just ugh, ugh, I don't I don't like. I mean, it. The, I mean, the movie is really laced with like a lot of like very very heavy heavy religious themes. And like, yeah. if you have an upbringing like around like the church and religion and stuff, like that stuff can just hit harder. Um, and yeah, like, I don't you know, know if I, it compares to my religious upbringing. But <laughs> no, but I mean, like the concept <laughs> for of, some like, people, yeah. The con- I mean, the concept of like Satan and just like all that mm. stuff is very heavy in this movie. And I don't know that that I think that can add to it for for and sure. The guilt that like her mother put on ATJ because of like that religious stuff, like. That that is yeah. definitely that played something and that's played a part in people's lives before is just like that yeah. immense guilt to where like you don't do anything wrong, but you're told so much that you're doing something wrong that you do flip over to being a witch. <laughs> the casual conversations I know that they're yelling at each other too, but like even between the kids were like, Are you a witch? You Hey, you a witch? Is that go to witch? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like constant like who is it? Who who who's the bad guy here? I think that this uh movie compares in one it's a very different movie. And we'll talk about the other movie here in a minute, but it and Drag Me to Hell, um, both like start off with like it's already amped up. Like this the opening of Drag Me to Hell starts with a boy literally being dragged to hell. And the opening of the witch <laughs> starts with a boy literally being mortar and pestled and uh put all over a witch in her broom like (laughs) it starts off like gruesome and you're just like oh this is the stakes the stakes are set this is how this movie's gonna play out like it it pulls no punches it starts off brutal and you're just like oh okay no one is safe here this is very bad it's not just like yeah ominous witch it's like oh shit real ass witch that mortar and pestled my son like (laughs) stuff's crazy out here like i mean and the movie is brutal yeah. right like the 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 survivor count is one yeah. um <laughs> yeah and zero non-witches <laughs> yeah <laughs> i will say i think the witch is a, is a bit of a slow burn it is for sure um, yeah yeah which sure. is something that like usually turns me off you know that uh so like everybody knows that like i don't really like slow plotting movies I don't, for some reason I I could not I cannot explain why this movie worked for me and that's probably why I had it at number five is because I just don't know yeah I am honestly um, surprised I mean, it I like, did work for you I really didn't think it would I like ATJ um I like the setting like Dolan said you're spot on there there's something about that that period and that time that just like kind of creepiness uh, of it um then you have that paranoia I guess that sits in of like somebody's doing this like who's doing it um. And then you got the guilt that ATJ's character feels. Um, I don't know. I just, the whole time it was like going slow and I expected it to pick up and it did, but it wasn't that ramp. Right. It was just like 
incremental ramp ups here and there. Mm-hmm. And then that last scene when she finally turns that last like 20 minutes or something is so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really like this movie. So like me having it at five is not a bad ranking. Like it was super enjoyable and I could see myself watching this again. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard. It's a hard one to explain. Yeah, I think the acting was also just great across the board. Uh, there's not even yeah. like the little kids, like everyone, I think, did it incredibly well. Um, I just think that it, it really sold it. Like there could have been a weak performance of the bunch and that could have pulled you out of it because it's such a small ensemble. You're talking like three main mm-hmm. characters, maybe four main characters and like three side characters. Like it's really small, kind of a chamber piece. It's not because it goes out into the woods and whatnot, but it's it's just the setting is so small and and uh, intimate. That like one one bad acting performance would have thrown the whole thing for a loop because it is so so small. Um, but everyone crushed it. It was scary when it needed to be scary. It was sad when it needed to be sad. It was just all kinds of things. I I really loved the witch. I loved it a lot the first time. I loved it a lot the second time. Um, it could probably be a five star movie for me. And and this is another one of those things like. It probably would have been if it was made 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> your boy just needs to get the year that a movie's been made out of his head when he's ranking things. Because I think The Witch probably deserves a five, in my opinion. I think it's fantastic. I um, mean, I, I might be talked into a five as well. Um, it's so good. Even, like, even with it being my fifth, like, or at least a four and a half, you know? Yeah. It's just, it is sat with me more than most of these movies. Yeah, it's just unnerving as hell. Like, it's so unnerving. Um, and then you get the whole like, bruh, Black Phillip invented ASMR. Like, let's go. Like, he was the first. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been my Riverside name. <laughs> he was the first to do it, and he did it well. I too would like to live deliciously. Like, I'm in. Like, strip me naked, send me to the woods. I want to be there too. Like, that's. It's just you know, <laughs> Black Philip. I'm buying what you're selling. I, I am buying what Max you're in that final scene, <laughs> floating in the <laughs> air, naked as can be, smile on my face. My boy Black Philip. He sold me on butter. He's like, hey, butter is is great. You should use more butter. And I'm like, yeah, man, you right, you right. <laughs> and here we are. It's a fantastic movie. I also like some of the humor. Like, I mean, the dad's death is kind of funny. Like it's a little funny. <laughs> like the logs like fall on top of him, and it's like the log pile is stacked so high because this dude is like so upset with himself that he's no he knows nothing and can do nothing other than chop wood. Like they have wood to last them forever <laughs> because she's like, "What can you do except for chop wood?" And he's like, "You know what, bitch? I don't know. I'm gonna go chop more wood." <laughs> he's like, "He's like that's all. I, that's all I'm good for." <laughs> I'll go think about it while I'm chopping yeah. some wood. I hated that mother. Oh yeah, but it's fantastic performance. Fantastic oh, performance. Sure. But yeah, no, she's terrible. I feel like she that actress always plays so a too. very unlikable character. I think so too. <laughs> like, I went and looked at her. She's so I was like, what else is she in? Yeah, man. The witch is great. I I think it's great. And it's really like unnerving the we haven't even really mentioned the the two littlest kids much, but they play a really important role as far as like maybe like being the conduit. For Black Philip to yeah. like, kind of infest the place, mm-hmm. and it's just scary. Yeah, you're never really sure, like, like you're never really sure, like, where this is coming right. from. Like, it isn't until like you know eighty percent of the way through the movie that you realize, okay, it's not you're her. Like, oh yeah, that uh, goat is a, is a demon. It is a witch. <laughs> it's yeah. just like 
Yeah. Oh, the kids were talking to it. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. <laughs> Except for Black Phillip made him say that it was her and it wasn't her and stuff like that. But then it was her and, you know, crazy. Yeah. And I think, like, I, I really like The Witch, too, because kind of like, like Midsummer as well. Like, this is a movie that has, like, a lot of just, like, nuance and subtlety to, like, the characters and, like, what they're going through and, like, what it represents. And, like, it's like kind of like Kyle mentioned. Like, this is a movie you can kind of sit back and unpack mm-hmm. days For after sure. and try to figure out, like, what what happened and what were the themes and stuff like that and that's stuff i really enjoy um in these kind of horror movies so i think i'm also just on board for folk horror in general like i just like folk horror movies i need to seek out more of them because they're just really interesting yeah and and i mean the setting of this like really helps too because like you're basically put in this foreign land where you only kind of like understand what they're saying like, yeah. like when I was I watching it, um, on. oh yeah, yeah. Amber recommended I watch the subtitles because, like, you have you kind of have to like to really oh yeah, what they're saying do, for sure. Unless like you're well versed in like King James, yeah. Um, Doolin didn't verse, have to right? subtitles. <laughs> no. no, I'm not a King James man. <laughs> Thouest hath thee taken thy butter to thy black Philip. <laughs> the butter, yeah. <laughs> I also think the score, the score is great. Like the soundtrack, it's just so like eerie behind it. Yeah, Black Phillip one, that family yeah. zero. That's Thomason one, I guess. She can she left the family and joined Black Phillip, so she can she can have a victory. She switched sides. That's true. She changed teams. She was losing and hit the pause button, changed teams. <laughs> she got team. traded. She got traded to the Black Phillip and the switches, yeah. <laughs> All right, Kyle, give us your surprising, shocking even, number one. Dawn and I have never been so far apart. (laughs) My number one is Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, there we go. My God, was that movie a blast. Ain't it? It is the exact kind of camp horror that I want, baby. It was so much fun. (laughs) I didn't care about the bad CGI. I, I... cracked up i laughed out loud when she like pukes in her bedroom and like the eyeball shoots out i was dying what about the cat i was like that's what about the cat the movie. <laughs> Dude, everything was so great everything and like the the dinner scene the dinner party scene with at justin long's parents was so awesome and like how cheesy uh his parents were like oh she's not a doctor uh it was just like so cliche that i i loved it Oh man, I don't know. Yeah, the Just movie is over the top in every aspect, and I I love it for it because like it just makes it like like I never take the movie seriously because it is just it's ridiculous, it's stupid, but I think it just makes it also just like so much fun because like you you can tell like Sam Raimi had so much fun making this movie. I think uh, just because like I think at this point like this is he's pretty well established. He's made the Spider Man movies. I I would have to imagine the studio said. Okay, make a PG thirteen movie, but you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I is think this a did. blank check and movie for Sam Raimi? I think so. Yeah, and it's kind of like everything. Like I think he likes, and it's also I think everything I like in him, a Sam Raimi movie. So uh, the only thing that would make it better is Bruce Campbell. Um, but you know, it's okay. Oh yeah, I didn't notice that. I guess I Justin Long. I don't know. After seeing him in Barbarian, I want him in every horror movie, in every horror comedy. He's in so many. Yeah, I feel like he's in a lot. I want to talk before Doolin goes because all hell's about to break loose. Do I, do I need to? Of course you need to. <laughs> Should yes, I? you have to. 
I don't. I don't. I don't do I you really need do. to though? I, I thought Drag Me okay. to Hell was 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 fine. Good. Even again, I liked every movie on this list at least positively. It was pretty low on my list, of course. Um, I have a lot of the complaints that Doolin has. I think it bothered me less. I think Doolin and I's complaints are probably like equal, but I was able to appreciate the movie and have fun with the movie more than he was despite the complaints. So I fall pretty smack dab in the middle. I think that it is fun and it is entertaining and it is really stupid in both good and bad ways. Um, so like, I'm, I guess I'm fin sitting here and you all like to say I do that anyways, but uh, I think the movies, I think it's, I think it's fine. Uh, it's not a movie I loved. There's a lot of complaints that I have with it, but I did have fun. Like no, no doubt about it. There were moments that were fun for sure. I'll start with what I liked about the nothing. <laughs> Boo. The first five minutes, the opening was good. The opening was good. And then. We get to our main character, who might be the worst main character I've ever seen in a movie, bar none. You may not like the main character, but the movie also does not like does not like the main character. Like, I don't think a movie has ever treated a, a character worse than they treated her. Oh, her throat was violated like forty times. I mean, everything was violated with her. Long. She she got she got f-ed over so hard. Um, so I mean, uh. If you don't like her, I mean, you know what? The movie didn't like Sam Raimi didn't no, like her either. But here's the thing, though: we focus on her the whole time, and she's boring, <laughs> and she makes the worst decisions, and no, like, like all of the like, I don't know. I thought the writing was horrible. Um, I thought that the CGI was awful, and it was like they hired a dude who only knew how to do throat-related CGI, and even that was bad. Like the girl had her like a throat fist punch down her throat once there was a cat that popped out of a dude's mouth i think people threw up like 50 times it's I just like I'm, 50 times <laughs> it really dang it I, <laughs> anyway i i i think i text you guys like 50 problems i had with it as i watched it um and really it all comes down to like okay again with 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 final girl type films or any any horror in general, I think it needs to lead up to a good ending, like the ending of horror films, make or break films. And while the very, very end when we had that film uh, plot point that we were talking about earlier, where, oh, actually, the the whole thing wasn't fixed. The actual final fight was her dealing with a rigamortis old lady body. Just trying to hand her a button, and that, she almost drowned to death. That is great. I, I, <laughs> no, I don't. I, no, I, that is so funny. That's not it is scary. Is it? Is are we talking about comedies or are we talking about horror? Because this, this, this was not scary. This is a horror comedy. Like I think, like I think this is like a horror comedy. Like it is. Well, if it was a comedy, then everyone else was laughing, and I was not. <laughs> I mean, the horror part is like coming from like the 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 setting and the tone of just like the gross and creepy stuff but like i mean i i it's a movie that's just that's supposed to be like i think elicit a lot of just like laughter over just like the ridiculous and as ridiculousness of it like you know the fact that she she had to fight a dead lady <laughs> try to put a button in her mouth is hilarious and the, the fact that like <laughs> at the end the, the old lady like still got it still got it on her and you know had it sucked on her chin again he's like perfect chef's kiss i just, I just thought it was dumb i didn't think that was funny at all i just thought it was dumb 
I don't know. It, and there were lines that like I I mean, I guess I laughed at because I sent them to you guys. I was like, what do you mean? Like the the lady who uh, she gets to help her there. He's like, oh, it's an expert, but you got to pay her ten thousand dollars or she's not going to risk her life. And then you meet the lady and she's like, I've been waiting 40 years for a chance. And I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> the reason you've been waiting 40 years is because you're charging 10 grand to do this thing and he's she's an expert she dealt with it one time when she was a child and she lost like she's not an expert in this at all it's just i don't know i uh so many problems with this film and i was slightly happy by the end of the film when she lost i, I the the hero came back which was the demon and dragged her <laughs> the butt is the real <laughs> protagonist of the story but oh, can we talk about the fact that too she was like looking for people to potentially condemn to hell with the button and she saw some like kind of shady people and then she finds this pleasant old man just sitting in the corner. She's like, oh, he's going to die soon. It's like, girl, you're not just killing them. You're damning them to hell. <laughs> like, like, it's like, really, you're going to pick this guy? <laughs> like, Sorry, don't be old. <laughs> <laughs> of all people, you're the one to say that. <laughs> Kenny. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway. This is this is fun for me. It's normally me like arguing and I'm currently like smack dab in the middle. I'm enjoying you all talking over each other and I yelling. Even, like, it's, it's fun. I can't even combat Dolan because I, I know I'm not gonna change his mind. And it's weird for me because there's so many times where Max I, and others, not just Max, where Max has said, like, that's the point. That's the point. And I'm like, I don't care if that's the point. It was boring. <laughs> and now I'm on that side where it's like, dude, the point is for it to be dumb. And I just happen to love it this time. I don't. It's hard to explain. Yeah. I just I was so entertained the entire time. Um, maybe I was just in a good mood. I don't know. But I would <laughs> revisit this movie every year. It's, it's such a blast. I would recommend it to anybody who likes horror comedies. Yeah, I, I think Dylan, like, I think you took it too seriously. I don't know. That's. Uh, I mean, you're expecting like a real the, horror movie. The box office list for me, drag me to hell for Doolin. <laughs> I'll just take stuff too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I love to have fun. And there are plenty of movies. There's just, there's just, there's just, there's plenty of comedies that I will go back to, but this one will not be <laughs> one that I revisit. I'd be very curious to think of what you think of something like Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2. I'll watch it. Darkness. I'd be very curious because those are those are same lineage, but I'm only you know, one third of the way through Evil rapper. Dead Two, but I think it's better than Drag Me to Hell. But I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a little more that's fair cheesy, and I'm. I I also think Evil Dead Two is better than Drag Me to Hell. But okay, all right, Kenny, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is Midsummer. Fantastic. Would you rate it? Uh, four and a half. I I could see that being a yeah. five for me though. All right, Doolin, what's your number one? My number one comes at no surprise to to no one. Uh, this this was one of my Holy favorites. Holy cow! It's your number this one. Week. Uh, Saw is my only five star rating I gave out of all of these, and uh, that is my number one. You're drunk. Oh boy, <laughs> drunk. <laughs> That's crazy to me. What the hell? It's great. It it's great. great. It's okay. Decent. I, so, okay. Uh, that's what I said. 
we have a whole podcast dedicated uh, yeah. to this. So I feel like Kyle and I have probably said our piece enough. Uh, I think to summarize, in my mind, this is a really fun puzzle. Uh, I, I'm drawn in. Like, I remember my very first time watching, and then every time I watch afterward, I'm like, like, oh, what what part of Saw? Or, like, I, I don't know. Growing up, it would sometimes just be on TV, like when, when I'm in high school. And I think, or in college, I don't know. Somebody might have it on, and like, it doesn't matter where it is. I'm like, oh, where, where are we? Oh, we're at this point? I'm going to sit down and watch, and I end up watching the rest of it. Um, just the way it reveals both their stories as we go and most of the like the film is just told through these two characters interacting who woken up in this horrible situation um and then on top of that just it ties into my love for um not only escape rooms but like puzzly style games in general i think all of that was birthed because of my love for this movie and my love for this like genre of of scary horror which um saw does it best but other movies try to do it and try to copy that um i really like it i i know that it's probably not for everybody but uh i think it's it's a lot of fun uh kyle do you want to say anything before we turn it over to these guys who haven't talked about it uh no i'm good (laughs) (laughs) the first thing i want to say about saw is that I do think it's interesting that this was like the catalyst, the creation of a whole torture porn genre when in all actuality, the first saw is very tame. There's like yeah. two scenes in particular that I can see is like gross torture stuff. And the rest of them are pretty okay. It's, it's predominantly a thriller film. In fact, you're talking about scary movies. I don't know if saw was scary at all. Like we mentioned, uh, one of them not being scary or what it is. Did Saw like at any point in time did it scare you? No, no, for me. Either. Um, but uh, horror movies are kind of weird, especially at where we're at. And that, like, are horror movies ever really scary? No, it's about like the setting and like putting yourself like it's a horror. Like they were obviously in a scary situation. Everybody in that was in a scary situation. True. But I definitely think that horror movies can be scary and like make you gasp and make you squeamish and stuff like that. And well, to me, Saul you, and you don't think Saul does that? No, not to me. I guess the, the other one, the newer ones probably would more likely probably make me more squeamish. I think they're, yeah. 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 I, I think, uh, Jeff even said this, that the, a, a big part of the beauty of this one, not relying on just making you throw up from what you're seeing is that it, the beauty is what, in what you don't see. Like, uh, we don't really see mm-hmm. a guy fully chopping his leg off, but like thinking about having to like race to do that so you can get the gun before the other person is awful. Like it's it's or uh, having to listen while a guy holds a gun at your daughter and your wife's head uh, and be on the phone with them. Like, that's that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily. um I, I agree. Like, there's there's not really a part in the film where I'm like, <gasps> like, oh, like terrified type of thing. But I'm definitely like, uh, like tensed up as you try to figure out like what's going to happen to these two characters, what's going to happen to their families, what's going to happen to all these other characters. I think my biggest complaint is just the acting is just not great. It's it's, it's just not good. Yeah, that's the acting is awful. Like, I think like the the main guy, Carrie Elvis, or Bills? whatever you say his name, Elvis. Yeah, yeah like, he, like 
everything I've seen him in, he's been good, you know, but like this, like, I, f- I feel like you can really tell this, like, I think this is one of James Wan's first films. And I think you can tell, like, in terms of, like, his ability to support the actors and kind of push them. Because, like, you know, like, him and the other guy in the room had, like, really, like, dramatic performances they had to give. And, like, it, it was just really uneven and just cringy in spots. Like, in, like even, like, he was just kind of switching back between, like, his American accent and British accent sometimes. And it was just, like, <laughs> it's just, it's just bad. Um and so that that's that's one of the big reasons I really dislike the movie. I just thought like the acting was just kind of bad all around. Um, and just to kind of take it over, but I think like I think a, a big reason I didn't like the movie is like I think like the plot and the stuff like I think that that was all good. I, I really like the surprises and turns in the movie, but stylistically, I really hated yeah, the movie. Agreed. Um, to me, it, it felt like a two thousands like new metal music video. Mm. <laughs> it just it was just like. It felt like a corn a music video or Limp Biscuit, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. what's it, wrong with that? It's just, I hated, I hated, hated, hated that. Um, and I think that's probably like big reason why I was turned off from the movie. Just like because I, I did not see it back in the day. Like it's actually my first time seeing it, and so just I, I had no nostalgia for it, and just kind of seeing it straight uh, in twenty twenty three just didn't didn't hold up for me. Yeah, we talked so. about how the ring was like pretty and shot well, and it came out two years before yeah. Saw, which was like kind of whiplashy, just like. So I, yeah. I feel like they were trying to do similar things as far as being like mystery thrillers more than horror, but one was just way better performed, even though it still had some faults and way better shot yeah. in my opinion than, than saw. I, I still think Saw's good. We talked about it already. I think every movie on this list is, is at least pretty good. Um, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say Saw's bad. I just, I, I personally just not, yeah. did not like it. Um, and I think it also like brought in a genre of horror films. I, really dislike the torture like even though it's not really super bad in this respect but, like the torture porn horror stuff is like a genre of horror yeah. i i vehemently dislike um i mean like a yeah like i saw like i remember seeing like shortly after this stuff like funny games um and that movie ru- ruined me <laughs> and uh, just <laughs> stuff like that i just that kind that kind of style uh or subgenre i just i i can't jive with so i I don't know. I, I think uh, from this, again, I talked about like bringing in like escape room games, but like the idea of a of a maniac creating games for people is always something that has drawn me in. Like I, I, I was Emily and I was really were really into uh, Squid Games when it came out not too long. Like I, actually, that was a while ago. Wasn't it? A couple it? of years. Like two years yeah. ago. Yeah. I don't like know. Almost three. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Man, time is a blur um but uh even that like i remember watching and uh have all of us here watched mm-hmm. squid games all oh, the yeah. way through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay uh like even it was i don't know the it was just very clear to me uh i think i called the ending of squid games because of saw uh like uh the the usage of the old man and like all of that stuff was was really like well done i i thought i don't know I, it just made me go back and watch saw again i think emily and i actually did that we finished squid games and then we watched saw like the next day because we were like wow we love this film so uh i don't know i think part of it is just i don't know that weird sadistic uh like game master uh type of movie i really like the twist was good but the dude should not have been able to be there that whole time without being noticed that he was alive <laughs> 
<laughs> he was the best actor out of all of them. Yeah. The man's never saw <laughs> yeah, him fair. breathe or twitch or nothing while they're locked in a room with him. That's crazy. That was wild. Also, his daughter should have just shot the one girl, guy, right? Like, Yes, absolutely. I hate when movies are like, and it, it, Saw is not the only offender. <laughs> There's so many movies do oh, that. No. <laughs> but it's like, I have a gun, and I can end this right now. And the guy's like, wait. Okay, I'm going to take the gun. <laughs> it's like, okay, come on. Like, just, you could have saved the whole world of that. trouble. That's a, that's better, a whole trope. That better. In yeah, films. I know. But they need to write it better. It's yeah. plot armor that's just really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> if you know a person pointing a gun at somebody and then they stop and start and talking. closer to them. <laughs> it's like, come on. All right. My number one, which... I'll talk a little bit about this. Probably could have swapped with any of my top three. I think we're all right there. Uh, is Midsummer, which I think is fantastic. And I think uh, we'll probably have some talk talk about there. Kyle, number eight on your list. Yeah. I'll let you guys go first. Thing. I think Midsummer is fantastic. Um, it is brutal and gruesome and beautiful and kind of emotional and heartbreaking. Uh, it is just, I feel like there's so much to unpack in Midsummer. We talked about The Witch also uh, and The Babadook being movies that maybe stuck with us more than others because there's a lot to chew on there and a lot to think about. Um, and I think Midsummer is very much that. I also think that if this is your first time seeing Midsummer, that watching it again um, is pretty cool in the sense that it opens you up to seeing it unravel because there are hints and clues and things that happen that kind of like make you wonder and once you know the end result and what's going on there's a lot more that you can kind of figure out while you're while you're piecing it together while you're watching but i think midsummer's fantastic <clears throat> excuse me i think midsummer's fantastic um i would gladly watch it again i think it's just really really great um, and I, I still have not seen um, his third film, uh, which is Bo is Afraid. I really want to. Um, Bo is Afraid. Big fan of everything that Ari Aster's done. I think he's uh, really, really good and uh, happy to watch more stuff. Hereditary being his other one that is intensely scary, in my opinion, too. I think I prefer this one over Hereditary, but they're both good. Mm-hmm films for sure um yeah i love midsummer i think it was like you said i think there's a lot to chew on in the movie i I think it's the thing i really really liked about it like just understanding like the motivation of the characters and just like your own feeling about the cult about her relationships and the the demise of the other characters and kind of like coming to reckoning like well what is right what is wrong that comes that becomes like something you really have to kind of chew on and think about like where does this all fit in with my own moral code kind of thing right i mean I, I think it's like you said like it's a beautiful beautiful movie like you don't see like a, a psychological horror movie like this shot in broad daylight so it's like a, a kaleidoscope yeah. of colors yeah we're like we're we're a kid like where some of the shots could just be like still paintings right um uh, <clears throat> it's, it's like a truly beautiful movie um and I, I but at the same time the movie just keeps you off balance constantly like you never really know where it's gonna go and it, like you know like it's, it's slow and it kind of leads it, you know that definitely has like kind of like with the witch it doesn't really have like any huge 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 moments uh, up until like probably the end right 
but like the cliff, the cliff. yeah, the cliff, the cliff is definitely cliff, a, a good yeah. one for sure. That's kind of like the, the things where things really start like getting weird. Um, but like it just you never really know where the movie's gonna go, and it just kind of takes you there. Some stuff you can see coming from a mile away, but even when you see it happen, it's still just like shocking and revolting and all all of those things. So like, yeah, I think it's a masterful movie. I loved it. I've so. also never had like a trip, like a bad trip. I've never taken hallucinogens or whatever, but like this movie to me, that's what I think it probably is like when you have a bad trip. There's so many small things happening in the background, like, like things on paper that are like rotating and moving and the flowers like have like breathing in them. And like, you can see faces and things mm. when they're having these like bad trips. And it's like, that it's so unsettling it's just like and you know that they're not like all there like this stuff is happening around them and you have to you have to deal with it as someone who is of sound mind and you're like watching them mm. and you know that like they like you can argue that christian is a bad guy but see he he's also he was also <laughs> raped not a rock like star. he was he was also taken advantage of hugely that like yeah that, to say the least like i don't even know that he's but, a bad but guy I, mean, I think the movie leaves the movie leaves not the, the 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 feeling of like well i think he was going to do that anyway right i don't like, know uh, i mean but i think that's i think that's like a good thing i, I yeah yeah like it's, it's, like, it's something to chew on there, i mean right yeah there's there's no like easy answers to a lot of this stuff like you kind of have to figure it out for yourself i'd like to see so. the director's cut to see what because it's apparently like another 25 minutes which makes it an even longer movie um but apparently that's like <laughs> substantial content that was cut and i'd like to see that to see if it added to any character depth and motives and stuff like that to kind of understand but mm. uh yeah no i i think midsummer's fantastic it's just it's really great it's really good all right, so this is going to be one of those things where, like, I hope I don't go on too long here, but, like, this is almost where a Banshees of Inishirin moment where it's just more fun to talk about than to actually watch. Um, because when I watched it, I was, like, I was I was pretty bored for a lot of it. Um, I, I do think it's too long. I would not want to see the director's cut. Uh, I think it could have been... A lot of the scenes could have been cut in half. Um, now... I appreciated a lot of what it did. It's by far the best made movie of the, on the list. Um, and talking with you guys about this now, talking with it prior, I'm like, oh yeah, that was good. That was a cool idea. You guys sending the memes and the joke. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Cause like, and if I dislike the movie, I would not think those are funny. I would just think that's, <laughs> but everything has been like every talking about everything is like, oh yeah, I really enjoyed that. And oh yeah, the characters really sat with me and Florence Pugh's acting was awesome. And, her whole yeah. like thing with her family, that storyline really hits hard. Uh, her uh, bipolar sister uh, killing herself and her parents is obviously something to struggle Which with. I do think and... that the movie is a bit surface level there. I don't necessarily love how they treat mental illness yeah, yeah, yeah. at that. Like, I think it you don't see enough. I, it, the movie makes it feel like, oh, bipolar. This person's bipolar and they killed their family. And that's just like, that's not. I don't love that. It's more that she lost her family and then found a new one in a really weird way. Um, I don't know. It's, there's so many parts of it. Like, I just, I need to be entertained by the movie. And I just found myself like just dozing off and like snapping myself back up and really liking the, the plot. If you were like to describe the plot, I, I would have loved it. 
to me. And I really liked the acting and just all of these little bits I found perfect. And then when it became a full movie, it just did not work for me while watching. So that's why it's lower down on the list. Uh, that's all fair takes. Like, I can't even argue with that. I like to argue with Kyle, but that is not something that I can say. <laughs> it is slow. Um, and I mean, you know, much like you say, oh, that's the point with certain things like that. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's not necessarily the point to be slow, but I, I think a lot of it is to like sit in it. You're there like you are watching no, it and I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah, it, it um, probably was. But, no, but I, I agree. I mean, I, I had fun. I so. thought it was good. Um, but like, I'd also like, this is a whole nother topic for another day, but like, I don't think movies that like put you in like a state of Zen dream, like cause you to doze off are like bad because of it. Um, now if a movie puts you to sleep, <laughs> like just straight up and you're just knocked out, like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's that boring. If you, but for a movie to like, kind of get you in that, that feeling, um, I don't necessarily like say that that's a bad thing for me again it's not a topic we can we need to worry about midsummer it but, was definitely during like the chanting right. the dancing and chanting parts that like really like started to put me out like maybe i was being hypnotized i think that if a movie lulls you to a sense of comfortability and sleep it it is a bad thing to some people and to others it's kind of a testament of like a how dreamy and weird and strange it can be um again topic for another day but i just think it's interesting to talk about um i do one of the things that i guess really creeped me out is uh the entire like the entire cult i what do you i don't even know what you would call them the entire group of people when they would just like reenact the sounds that the people I mean, dying were making i think they're oh, for sure what yeah no they're, <laughs> they're definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the dude that fell off the cliff and then got was like lying there waiting for his head to get smashed in and the kids were like oh, oh like mimicking like mocking his cries and the, the same thing with like the guys getting lit on fire oh my it's gosh. just that was so the camera not pulling like, away in those scenes showed me what this movie was gonna <laughs> be like i was just like what did yeah. i just watch like the movie is really good at like make creating these scenes of like just like they're just gonna live live rent free in your brain for the rest of your mm -hmm. life, and you're just gonna mm -hmm. you're gonna be doing dishes one day, and you're gonna see that image of the guy's head smashed, and go, oh yeah, all right, I guess that's part of me now. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we life. talked about this earlier. Um, I think it was on our Q and A episode where someone asked if like if she was I don't remember the exact question, like if she was oh, was it a, did did she was it yeah a happy was it ending? a happy ending. Um, I and now that we've all seen question. it, I think it's fun to come back to. And I think it's kind of twofold uh, because, like, it is and it also isn't. So, like, I don't know that there's a concrete answer here, but, like, she's fully assimilated into this cult. Uh, and it's happy for her because she has a family and she's in a cult now and she's alive, unlike her other friends. But, like, it's not happy in general because she's fully assimilated into a cult and all her friends and family are dead. <laughs> like, she had... And but her friends sucked and she did not I agree. Like Here's the thing. It's a cult that sacrifices their own members. So, like, she's alive, but for how long? <laughs> like, yeah, but like, they man. sacrifice their members. We don't know, like, how many they sacrifice because every year. Because the big thing is only every mm -hmm. 90 years. And I'm sure they do sacrifice people year in, year out. 
but like the May Queen from the those year, people were way too okay with death to only do it once every. Well, nine yeah, years. the big thing. I mean, it seemed like it was like a volunteer basis, though, right? Right, that's what I'm saying. I think it's like volunteer until you reach 72 years old or whatever it was. Um, and like the May Queen from last year was still alive and well. Like I think she's gonna thrive in that cult. Like she's gonna be a girl boss. Uh, you know, like live, laugh, love. She might even start like selling a Cincy out of the back of her truck. Like she's people she's only do that something. when they're not fulfilled in their life, and it seems like she's that's true. And yeah. She's clearly fulfilled. I mean, and it's just like yeah. the idea that like she'll probably be happy, but like she's also emotionally manipulated, taken advantage of, and so I mean, it's oh, not yeah. a thing, but like it's just like right. She is happy yeah. and alive, but uh, it's it's all a facade. It, it well, it's just like somebody who like has like a tragedy and like turns to alcohol or drugs, right? Like she's doing the same thing. Like yeah, she's happy, but are they going about it the right way? Uh, pro- probably not. Well, probably get some therapy the, instead. Yeah, but I'd argue someone addicted to alcohol and drugs isn't truly like. I mean, neither is she truly happy, but like that's her life now, not something she has to. She comes home from work and's like, all right, time to go join the cult again. <laughs> I'm home from work. It's time to get the is, cult on. Like, no, she's like full time cult. Like, that's just her a life happy now. ending because it has sort of a same same ending. Yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah, I agree. It's a very similar ending. She lives deliciously <laughs> as a witch, uh, but her whole family's dead. Yeah, it's actually good. Good call. It's very very uh, parallel. I think they're both happy opinion. endings. <laughs> <laughs> like straight up so kyle wants to be a witcher <laughs> cult like he wants just, to be nude floating in the air with I, anya taylor joy I, I think it's gr- <laughs> i mean <laughs> sounds pretty terrific same <laughs> um can we talk about the the uh the pie and the lemonade um because woof that is gross oh uh ugh. No one. I don't know what I'm talking about. about the, I mean, what the boys eating? She ha- she put her mm-hmm. period blood into mm-hmm. his lemonade. Mm-hmm. Okay, into I remember, Christian's lemonade. Dude, I, yeah, I do remember the period blood. I don't. I don't. I remember going to the lemonade. Yeah, she she put her pubic hairs in well, his I pie. I remember that. Obviously, that was a big, her... that was a big selling point for that guy. <laughs> yeah, and her period blood into his lemonade. And the whole time you're watching the lemonade sitting there, he's not taking a drink, but it's very clearly darker and more red than anyone else's lemonade. And you're just like, oh, it's <laughs> like, no, don't do it. And then he drinks it and you're just like, oh, it's pricing oh, comes in the taste of iron. But, <laughs> you know, he was just out of it. He was just out of it. What about the uh, the the I almost said orgy? It was not it was a rape scene, really. Um, that old lady pushing, communal, pushing on him. Yeah, dude, that was terrible. Telling him to finish or whatever. Like, all right, I don't even. To be honest, like, look, I don't know how you could finish in that in in that <laughs> in that moment. Like, I would be that. I I could not. I have performance anxiety. Like, if I'm if my cat is looking at me while I'm I'm like stop. This is a Turn great away. moment to talk about our first sponsor for hymns. If you're <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Hey, I would like that. I'm balding up top. I need their hair stuff. Hey, hymns, hit us up. If if they sponsored us, oh my gosh, that would be just the absolute best. I'm all in. So we reach out. Kenny. I'm all in. Yes, yeah, so reach out to hymns. I, I have all my hair, so I'm good. I don't. I but mean, you I, have performance issues. You've told me. 
I mean, listen, <laughs> I'm just saying, if there was a community event that I am the center of attention on, and I don't fully want to be there anyways, and I'm drugged up on shroom tea, like, what if there's a... That seems like a rough What if goal. there's a grandma pushing on your ass, though? <laughs> Even worse. Even worse. Yeah. It... That's just like, I don't even, and I mean, I fully think that he was taken advantage of. Like, I do not think that that was consensual in any way, shape or form. I think that Christian is a victim just as much as he is. He is a terrible boyfriend, like bad boyfriend. No Mm -hmm. doubt about it. He sucks, but I don't think he's a terrible person. I think he was a bad boyfriend in that relationship. I don't think he was a terrible person. I think he was a victim almost as much, if not equal to everyone else. uh, If I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. uh, (laughs) Yeah piece that we were missing yeah i i I, it's interesting like i do think they're all victims right but uh, i i still think like like i guess like what you're kind of saying like the the to be in a situation like that and you still go through with it to me it kind of shows he was on drugs yeah but i mean like i don't know he took the drugs himself i'll give him that he he did that i'm not saying he's a good guy but he was definitely assaulted and taken advantage of. I don't know about that. I think I think it was funny that he was going to do that anyway. But he just did it in a really weird situation and just went with it, you know. But I mean, w- win in midsummer, you know. I mean, like win in midsummer, just, might as well go for it. I guess you're only going to be here once, so unless you're the May Literally. Queen, maybe. That's crazy. This movie's great. It's fantastic. I I do think that it and the witch could flip flop for me. I think I do like Midsummer more, uh, mostly because it's just a feast for the eyes. Like, as far as a movie goes, they're both pretty equal level to me. But like Midsummer is just so cool. See, I enjoyed being in the setting of the witch more. The than setting Midsummer. of the witch is more like scary, but I just love the vibrant colors and like the unique culture and stuff like that. Like, it's just all so interesting to me. Oh, I prefer the gray cold. <laughs> I mean, I that, cha- that pans out. You love <laughs> it beige. Like a beautiful, well, it doesn't surprise me yeah. that you like uncolorful movies. It was a beautiful movies. day in Columbus. It was like 65 and sunny, and I was like, man, if it was cloudy, <laughs> this would be a great day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I, I think those two are, like, right up next to each other. They were my two and three, and I said... Midsummer is the better film, but The Witch was scarier for sure. Yeah, I I I really just like Midsummer. Just I think there's just so much more to like. I think to say like the chew on. Like I think like I I kind of got what The Witch was about after one viewing, but Midsummer I I could see myself going back and watching it again. Yeah, one day. and like Kyle, we in our chat we were talking about Doolin. I don't think you were part of this chat yet because you hadn't yet watched Midsummer. Um, so we like created a chat to talk about it briefly. But Kyle was mentioning something about uh like some inconsistencies with uh pele and stuff like that as far as like he told talked about his parents dying and meeting this like being best friends so he was obviously in the cult at a young age and uh the 90 years things but i think a lot of it just boils down to their cult trying to get people and they're not afraid to be pathological liars like i think it's just manipulation and lying i think pele is just all about doing what it takes to get people into it. I honestly don't think they're liars, though. I How are they not liars, though? Like, I, I think Pele is... Did they ever lie? Yeah, I think Pele did they ever definitely lie lied. I think he absolutely but, uh, but, did. But, uh, like, I don't think we can... I don't think he really ever deceived them. He, like, maybe didn't tell them the entire truth. I, I but... don't know if I can make a good argument on the spot 
on the podcast, yeah. but I I definitely think that Pele lied. Like I'd have to. I don't think go check. But I'm not saying I don't think Pele, from my moral code, is a good person. But I don't think it's a cult builds around telling lies. I don't know, but he manipulated. Um, he manipulated foreign yeah, news. Yeah, it's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, I mean manipulation. <laughs> I guess it's just different between like manipulation versus lies. But like, I I, I don't know. But so it, do we actually believe like the, that his parents died in a fire? Then. Yeah, because like. maybe they did sacrifice themselves in a fire but we don't know enough about the yearly events we only know about the 90 year events to know if they burn people yearly because that would not only really make sense if his parents died in a sacrificial fire because he also said that he was best friends since they were babies about one of the other cult members meaning he had to be in the cult at a young age like as a, a baby meaning that his parents had to be a part of the cult not like they died outside of the cult and then he was assimilated into the cult unless they died when he was a literal toddler and he wouldn't remember anything. So just kind of backtrack. I think like, I think one of the very cool things about the movie is that like, it makes it really seductive and easy to like understand things from the, the, the perspective of the cult. Did you guys yeah. kind of feel that yeah. too? Like you're like, Oh, I, I see why they kill that guy. I mean, then you kind of take a step back and go, Oh no, that's not what you should do. But yeah, they peed on the tree. They made a scene. They, took pictures of the book like there's reasonings <laughs> for all these things yeah and I, and I find myself like even like even though like i know you're like you know what they've got a point awful. <laughs> yeah i mean they, they don't lie that like, person did make a scene he pissed on the ancestral tree <laughs> oh yeah will poulter had to go yeah I'm with i love there. the he sucked too i love the like the call like the skin the fool dance that they're playing and then the one person is wearing his face like the guy oh who got gosh. mad, that it was, was the guy scary. who got mad at him peeing on the tree, wears his face later in the movie, and you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> like, that's crazy. <laughs> that was yeah. terrifying. Gigi did nothing wrong. He <laughs> I mean, he took pictures of the book. Oh, cry your river. <laughs> it's a sacred book, Kyle. Get it. Get over yourself. So, okay, so Kyle's like, peeing on the ancient tree, you deserve to die. Taking pictures of the ancient book. It was Will Poulter, though. Go home, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. What's the picture going to do? It's a sacred book that no one's supposed... You know what? All right. Anyways, anything else you want to add to this? Good list, boys. That is a good list. I'm happy with it. For people who are still here, let's run through real quick. Team Kex, Kenny Max, drafted a Midsummer, Drag Me to Hell, The Ring, Ghostwatch, and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Team Duel, Kyle Doolin, drafted The Witch, Saw, The Babadook, Happy Death Day, and Green Room. And Kyle, run us through your list 10 to 1 real quick. Oh, crap. Ghostwatch. I know what you did last summer. Midsummer, Green Room, The Ring, The Witch, Happy Death Day, Saw, The Babadook, and Drag Me to Hell. Kenny, what's your 10 to 1? Uh, Saw, I know what you did last summer. The Babadook, Green Room, The Ring, Ghostwatch, Happy Death Day, The Witch, Drag Me to Hell, and Midsummer. Doolin? Uh... Uh, Drag me to hell. <laughs> Happy Death Day, which you did not see. I know what you did last summer. Ghost, Ghost watch. watch. There you go. Green Room, The Ring, The Babadook, Midsummer, The Witch, and Saw. And mine was I know what you did last summer. Drag me to hell. Saw Green Room, The Ring, Happy Death Day, The Babadook, Ghost Watch, The Witch, and Midsummer. Thanks for listening to Board Game Box Office. If you want to talk about our drafted lists and tell us who won and who had the best and worst rankings, join the Discord. We're pretty active there talking about movies and our podcast. We'd love to see you there. And of course, come back next time. We'll finally have 
a non-horror episode. Actually, the next episode to release might still be horror, as we're going to do a little bonus episode for you with Kenny's wife, Amber. We're going to get to talk on the show, and we're going to talk all things horror uh, and the movies we watched this October, because she's a big horror stan, and she wants to yell at me about my thoughts on Skinamarink. Uh, anyways, anything you want to add? I'm so tired of talking to you all. It's been three hours. <laughs> Let's get out of here.